This is the best of Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez. On Ron Dog. Ron Dog. Ron Dog. Serious XM. Comedy. Hits. Channel 99. It's the Ron and Fez show. Michael Che is back in with us. He's at Caroline's on Broadway this Thursday through Sunday. His Twitter is Che Thinks. Che Thinks. Yeah, it's irony. You know, um, <laughs> do you do you like the Twitter thing, or is it a pain in the ass for you? I like the Twitter thing because I use like I use Twitter for uh, very very selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't read everything people are tweeting. I might read tweets once a day. It's really just for me to be able to say something into space and see what comes back <laughs> from it, just to see if uh, right. whatever. But yeah, I don't really like watch, like read everybody's tweets. It gets a little obnoxious after a while. Well, to me, the problem is you never get to turn your day off now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's no separation between performing, marketing, and your life. Yeah, it's it's all out there. But you gotta, you just got to know that. You got to be able to unplug. Once you know yeah. that, then you're okay. Like, I'm sure this, been, this has already been screamed out, and I would have loved to have been there. Honey, daddy's tweeting. That would be, to me, the fucking, the weirdest thing of these jive days. Not now, honey. Daddy's tweeting. You know I have to do my tweets. I think that might be the name of my next album. (laughs) Not now, daddy's tweeting. (laughs) Wow, could you imagine? Yeah, that's a different thing. Like, my dad is from a generation where he has no clue as to what Twitter is. Like, trying to explain to my parents what Twitter is, they're like, what? Why? Yeah, right. Who cares? People read that, you know? Yeah. And today, it's like it's the most normal thing ever. It is. It's actually beyond normal because people will think of that as their social life. Not Not in addition to their social life. Their actual social life. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's sad. It's sad because we don't really know our neighbors, but we know, you know, people on Twitter. Yeah, yeah I, might, I can see strangers naked before I get to know my neighbor's name or get to see them naked. It actually, the, the uh, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, well, it I is can true. see that complete stranger naked before I can see somebody lives right next door to me. Well, also, I think the kids that grew up with ready available porn probably fuck different than anyone in any generation before. They probably look at sex completely differently. Well, look at the way they dance. Yeah. It's completely (laughs) different. Nobody's swiveling (laughs) hips anymore. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a much different thing. Just just the ritual of porn they missed out on, though. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time I saw porn, I was very young, but we had, it was like in one of those uh, big cases. I thought it was like a Disney movie. Right. Like the big porn cases, like porn and Disney had like the same case guy for some reason those right. big plastic <laughs> cases that you get to open so it was like always exciting just to see that movie you know right. volume 74 or whatever and um now it's just it's all there on the computer it's just right there well you know i'm actually old enough to remember a plot to a porn you know what i mean like <laughs> there is nothing now except for the same thing it's a uh, guy gets head uh then he bends her over he flips her the other way she's on top 
money shot. Let's get out of there, everybody. Yeah, man, I want to see what happens after that. They're all pretty <laughs> angry for some reason, too. What, what do you I mean? Want, I want to see the lady with the money shot eat the free pizza that she just got. <laughs> I want to see the pizza guy go back to work and explain to his boss why he doesn't have the $17.35 for the pizza. <laughs> he got head from the. I think it would be really <laughs> funny to see them like at the monitor after going like this. Did that work? Do you think <laughs> that is? Do you think it's too much asshole in that shot? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you got the dailies I, here from Crackers. Have them look at each other, just like I just feel like we're doing the same thing over and over. You Not know? paying wanna, you to think. I want to break through. <laughs> Peter, we can't have both assholes in the shot. Only <laughs> yeah. one asshole is going to be hers or yours. Yeah, you you specifically don't want to see a guy's asshole. You don't want to see two assholes. That's the weirdest thing, is there are so many bad guy angles. You awful, know what I mean? Awful angles. Any behind the nut shot. No, That's forget awful. out. Not behind the nuts. Cinematography on this is terrible. I don't think they put a lot of thought into lighting anymore. If I'm gonna be totally honest, they about. don't. They just, they just. That's why everything's white. Yeah. They just <laughs> all white room, white sheets, white everything. Shot on they, their phone. And shot on their phone. Just they want everything to have an amateur feel, like it's actually you know college students banging each other. I kind of like the amateur feel though. It feels like I'm I'm kind of looking at something that I shouldn't be looking at. Yeah. I feel like that. I don't like the polish. There's too much acting and porn. Remember, like, um, like in the old movies, like old, like, like silver screen movies or whatever, the way yeah. the the actress would be so dramatic, like Johnny, no, and, like no one talks like that. Right. It's the same thing with porn, where, uh, yeah, like no one fucking really does that unless you're acting. I kind of like the amateur, uncomfortable. <laughs> Isn't it funny to think about that people actually used to line up to go see porn? That there would be a line of guys in, in trench York. coats. Yeah, That's great. Well, but they would actually do couples in the seventies, like in Debbie Loves Dallas and all that would be like i'm gonna take you out for a date and we'll go see this in a theater and people will be lying just guys is even weirder talk about the gayest experience that you could possibly have a bunch of dudes watching a porn when that first broke like in the theaters was there as much masturbation there or did people actually wait to go home to masturbate to what they just watched i, I think it's, a, to now, I think a, it's a great question chris i really do <laughs> Yeah, because you don't want to be the first guy that whips it out at the theater. You <laughs> you want to wait till like four guys are doing it. Like, ah, oh, fuck it. This is but the, really, do. what does it tell you about the second guy? <laughs> like, I really didn't want to do this. So I saw a cocktail. And then I thought, yeah, let's jump into this. You would need more of a buffer than that one seat. Maybe two, three. You'd need a big buffer. That's yeah. true. Was there ever a packed um, fucking theater? Like, where you go, hey, is that seat open over there? Do you mind if I just scoot past you? Could you move your coat? That's so, no, I really can't. So uncomfortable. Like, they had to know we're never going to sell out. That people will come in, see that it's fairly packed, and leave. And the guy who brought his chick must have had... That must have felt like the most dangerous thing. Like, the only dog with a bone. You know? how, did you, how do you know? Because there wasn't commercials for porn. Like, how did you know when the Debbie Does Dallas is coming out? I guess that we would be just trust in your local theater. Just trust you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I know this guy knows how to curate a, a really fine show. That is... That's kind of amazing. That that's a world. Maybe it was on movie phone. Well, you know that 
that they said that stuff like uh, Deep Throat and all that made just tons of money, but it never got back to the production company because gangsters would own this. The mafia would right. own this. And they would call up and go, how did the movie do? And they would just go like this, eh, not so good. <laughs> well, can we get the uh, film back? Not right now. And they would just keep all the money that came in. They wouldn't kick anything back. And they just kept doing that? Yeah, they just kept <laughs> it out there. I guess I guess the deal would be whatever you could get up front. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm gonna send you if you send me thirty five hundred, I'll send you this, but that's all you would ever see back. Whatever you could get from them. Could a porn like being that porn is more mainstream than it's ever been now, do you think there could ever be a porn theater now? Mm -mm. I don't. Because people are just too ashamed to watch porn in public. Right? I think you probably would just be playing to the elderly. You know what I mean? Like people, like you said, that don't completely I people like you. understand <laughs> the fucking thing at all. Like they don't know that there's free porn out there. It's like, do, do some people still go and pay for porn online? It's always like um, when I'm on the road and I go to like, if I'm like in the woods or something, they're like driving the woods or whatever, there's always like one porno th like house place where you can buy porn just in the middle of nowhere. Right. I have no idea how people know that it truckers. exists. Yeah, truckers, truckers or whatever. Yeah. And it's and it's like, well, how, no one has a laptop. How is that place still pay rent? They And they never have windows. It's they never just fucking windows. stucco. Everything is stucco. <laughs> Uh, truckers would probably know this. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Are there still big porn places out there? Truckers always brag about two things. Some titty bars that sell steaks the size of the table. Nice. There's always this place that I've never been to yeah. that you can get Trucker a giant... Yeah, just yeah. some <laughs> oasis that there's beautiful women and giant steaks. Yeah. And when they tell you the story about it, they look off into the distance. It's, <laughs> they get into a very dreamy, dreamy state. Uh, oh, I forgot. We're on screen uh, phone calls today, too. Ron and Fez on screen calls. Yeah, Shelby Stupid. The first guy to do stand-up on the new Tonight Show was fucking Jerry Seinfeld. Have him stop saying Hannibal Burris. What a... Unscreened phone calls. <laughs> he made a mistake. Yeah. What's going on, guys? I'm calling about that uh, question you're asking about the truckers, about yeah. the uh, porn. Yeah, go ahead. I haven't, I've, been, I've been a trucker for three years, and I've been out towards I-35 in Texas and stuff like that. I haven't seen anything. No no more triple X places. No well no, I've seen triple X places. They do look stucco or core concrete block, but I haven't seen any triple X movie theaters. Just no movie theaters, but you can still go buy DVDs. No, I don't go buy them. No. No, I gotta I'm I saying some people. <laughs> I understand you're a wonderful man. No one is You're a god man, we get it. <laughs> yeah, you, you, no one accuses you of anything. Hi, the Ron and Fed show on screen phone calls. Yummy, 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 I got cum in my tummy. See, this is the problem when I don't have a screener. I screen <laughs> phone calls. I don't know what the fuck you just said, little kid, but you're special, man. You reach out and touch your brother's heart. Run a fetch on screen phone calls. <laughs> Lumberg fucker. It's going to be tough to get to some of these without a screener, Chris. I'm going to tell you that completely right now. And Howard's still not here yet. Well... We've got the great Michael Che here. Caroline's on Broadway this Thursday through Sunday at Che Thinks on uh, 
on Twitter. You still like playing Caroline's? I love, like, Caroline's is the first club I ever got to play. Is that right? And this is, like, my first time getting a headline for a weekend. I had no so idea is, that. Yeah, this is, like, an exciting, uh, it's crazy anxiety. Really? This yeah, because so... you want to do well there. You yeah. want it, you know, you want it to come out good. You want people to come out for it and all of that. You know, I'm from New York, so it's a lot of, it's a lot of pressure. I, it's self-induced. Sure. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing it. I can do about it. Your name it. is up. It's Caroline's. That's it's a right. famous place. Yep. Who would not want to see this show? I don't know who would not, but there's some people that still watch porn um, <laughs> <laughs> on tape. So <laughs> what could you, you know? <laughs> Shelby, are you going to be there this weekend? I will be there. Yeah, you coming, really? Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely pretty cool. Are you a plus one, Shelby, or all by yourself? See if I can bring somebody along. Are you dating someone? Not at the moment, no. Not at the moment means no. Yeah, that's a long way to know. To N O. No. (laughs) That's N O. Spell it out. (laughs) Whenever somebody says no for a long time, you know they're sad about it. But it's almost like (laughs) yeah. That's a big in over. I, I like you. I like the term "not at the moment." Like, do you speak French? Not at the moment, but there's always a possibility I'll pick up another language. Any second now. Yeah. How about we check in with you about five minutes? See if you have a girlfriend. But you decided to to say "not at the moment," so we know that you haven't become a monk. You haven't yeah. stopped completely. Haven't taken a vow of celibacy. That yeah. would be great. So the monks like, do that. Yeah. You're not single on your terms. No, no, yeah. I uh, I can set you up. Not by choice. There'll be girls there. Yeah, of course. There will so. be girls there. Well, Get some, Shelby. Yeah. Uh, Fezzi, what's on your mind this week? What's What's been bothering you? What's the wire story? Uh, New York wanting to add slot machines to the airports. So uh, JFK and Kennedy. Uh, I mean, well, you said J- New York ones had the city came up with this. Yeah, it's very weird. That's yeah, Laguardia. I just don't want because people are going to go there just to play slot machines and stay there all day. I don't want people who are there. The airport's crowded enough as it is. I don't want people who have no business flying being around the airplanes. But they don't let you too close anyway these days. It's not like I remember when I was a little kid, we would sometimes just go to the airport for fun. Like to watch planes and stuff yeah. and eat there. That's over. Yeah, that's done. How cl- how close can you get now? Well, I think what they'll have now you have um, the check in where you do the baggage check in. That's as far as you can go. Yeah, and then there's the gates right there, the security gates. See, I think that they're going to have the machines on the other side of that. I was I thinking think they'd have them on both sides. I, I think they're, they're just going to flyers. I hope Knox is going to be to be on a plane and a guy's got a giant bag of coins because he just hit a jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> He's on your flight. Dragging now him down the, the aisle. He's a bag of coins on a plane. Or just the opposite. Fuck. <laughs> oh, this shit. You know, um, but again, if you really want to gamble, you can use your laptop. Now, I have yeah. no idea. I can get some of the gambling, but I don't know why you want to push a button to see whether a number pops up for you. I gambled online for online roulette at some like uh, Costa Rican offshore. But why would you I believe would never, them? I would never trust them. No. I have a problem. All they would have to do is come up with a program that says, pick a number that no one has touched. That's all they have yeah. to do. I would never do that. I don't like I don't like slot machines. I don't know. It feels like you're just putting money in a broken vending machine. Yeah, it is. Slot I machines are. Uh, well, you play slots, right, Fuzz? Yeah, I play slots. I yeah. can't get into it's it. It's the words. Yeah, I don't like it. And now you just just hit a button and hit a button and that's it. I think not you, me. I have to like pull the lever. 
That hitting the button takes all the fun out of it for me. It's a ritual. I like the old school pull the lever down. Yeah. Do you have to have a real old machine like that <laughs> where you're really pulling hard on it? Just straining. I think if you lose a lot of slots, they should like give you Doritos. I was at a comes out Look, of the bottom. Just some Doritos. <laughs> just enjoy yourself. And I put the coins in myself. Like if I put a twenty in there, I'll go ahead and immediately cash out so I can hear all the coins hitting the ten. So you're pretending that you Right, yeah. I pretend that I hit a big jackpot. Then I put all the quarters in the cup and feed them myself back into the machine. I honestly feel like I'm watching Marty right now. This story is so sad. And you wheel away your oxygen tank out to the parking lot. What's the oh, most you ever won? Oh, shit. Whoa. Oof. What's the, have you ever like won a big jackpot? Three dollars. <laughs> and pennies. And pennies. So the like, he got is his, his change. You ought to put the 20 into a Pepsi machine and hit change. I love <laughs> the sound. This is great. We're doing it. How about like, if we went with Michael's Dorito line, though? Every time you saw people eating Doritos, you'd feel bad for him. Like, sorry, dude. Oh, I he had a bad day today. He's walking through Atlantic City with a bag of Doritos. He's got Cool Ranch. Now, I've seen them do things where... The slot machines, they would have a tournament. You put in like $50 and you just hit, hit, hit. Yeah. And then whoever has the highest number won like 1500 or something. I'm like, this is the most boring game I've ever seen in my life. Like, to me, a game is good if people would do it and they weren't getting money for it. Right. You know? That's why boxing is a sport. To me, more than horse racing is not a sport because I don't think people would go and see horse racing unless they could bet on it. No, yeah, nobody cares. But boxing is fun whether or not you are betting or not. Yeah. If two people have a fight during a horse race, nobody's watching that damn horse race. Now, what there is a, (laughs) and I went and gambled on this in Florida, a sport called high lie that no one could even understand. A guy's got like a basket on his arm, but because you can gamble on it, people will show up. People show up to anything. The weirdest goddamn thing. I was at a sports book, and one of the channels was high lie, and I was gambling on it. I didn't win anything. I wasn't sure what I was doing, but it has the same sort of sheet like a horse race, like a like gambling on horse racing. Right. It's bizarre. It's a crazy. Just fucking thing. Now, bingo is another game that no one would play unless there was money. Even old ladies would not want to put corn on something and wait till they got all of the things lined up. It's for children. I don't even know if I'd play it when I was a kid. I think. Well, children, yeah, that's because when children don't know you can win stuff yet. <laughs> I think as soon as you get old enough to realize you can win money, yeah, you stop liking bingo for free. But you can turn anything exciting by putting money on it. You know, you could you could watch ant races if you could win ten thousand dollars. You'd be screaming for your aunt. Wait, like like uncles and aunts? No, or? Like, like crickets and ants. Fucking Gladys pulled up at the end. <laughs> Those people racing their old ants. Just that would be fun to say. Everyone has to carry a pocketbook. <laughs> Pocketbooks and hard candies. It'd be great. Fancy I know. I did like a hard candy from a grandmother. Yeah, butterscotch. Butterscotch is the best Uh, fucking thing in the world. Or like the fruity mints, you know, like the mints that's like kind of sweet. Yeah. I love those. Or that thing, it's just, the wrapper looks like a strawberry. I know what you're talking about. Where do they even get those? I don't know. (laughs) I know what you're talking about, though. What is that? Because there's like a little gooey inside it. It's sucking up for a while. But that should be like a a thing that there's just a place called Grandma Candies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Strawberry. Yeah. 
brand this, candy. My grandmother used to have the mints that were individually wrapped, but they were peppermint, but they were blue. They were like a really weird... Yeah, like, they were like funky. I know. They had yeah. one that was like green. I want to see a picture of it because I'm not sure I remember this. They were like light blue with dark blue stripes, right? I don't remember the stripes in them. I remember, I remember something You're thinking like of that. the Dodgers jerseys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of Jackie Robinson. No, yeah. It was, it was like these blue mints. Like, you know how they had like, the swirl stripes in them? No. It was, like these, it was like sky blue with darker blue stripes. I, I liked those a little bit. Uh, you think you found it, Fez? Yeah, these. Oh, I'm no, going to be honest. Not I'm not those. familiar with them. I'm talking about like... what they taste like? like uh, they tasted like peppermint, but they were blue. They weren't like red and white traditional peppermint colors. To me, it seems like they would taste like aqua velva. <laughs> <laughs> tastes like cool they water candy. just been Listerines. <laughs> I remember thinking, too, like, um, like if you went to my grandmother's house... And I got a butterscotch that would like settle me down. I remember thinking, all right, there's a little nerve wracking band here, but this butterscotch <laughs> is like taking a Valium for a little kid. Like, all right, I will sit on this old couch for a little while and suck on this butterscotch. I wonder why we it never, butterscotch has never got a bigger play though. I don't know. You know? They pushed for it, but it just never. There's never did. like a famous butterscotch for kids, right? No. Nope. The Lifesaver Butterscotch, but that was always an older person. Like that's Worth an older person, Worth yeah. is original. That's like Butterscotch, right? Yeah. Uh, no, that's I don't nice. even that's, think that's Snack caramel. Pack has the Butterscotch pudding anymore. Yeah. I wouldn't touch a Snack Pack. I'd have to take your word for it. There it is. Look how nice looking that is. It's like gold for a kid. Soothing. Yeah. It's soothing. It's relaxing. I like peanuts, too. My grandfather used to have peanuts all the time. You shell them? Yeah, I used to love that. It was like cool. I think that was like another thing. It was like a ritual thing where you crack the shell open. That's the weird you... thing about ritual is that I will, when I go to a baseball game, get yeah. a bag of peanuts. Nowhere else. Nowhere I else. I won't be at a movie. I need a bag of peanuts to sit here yeah. and watch the movie. Then I fake into the popcorn thing. And the weird thing is... They make more money off the popcorn than they do movies, right? Yeah, they they claim that because it's very cheap to make popcorn. It's like popcorn. 10 cents worth of popcorn for like $9. Yeah, and you will pay anything to sit there and you'll feel like... Because you smell it. Yeah, and it's then warm. I got this giant tub. You know, you've got this giant tub and it's only 9 bucks. Free like, refill. It's Free refill, huge. too. If I don't have something to eat or drink, it could be the greatest movie. But I'm still like, what am I doing here? Why are we just sitting here? But you say something to eat or drink, you wouldn't want a sandwich there, right? I, I speak for yourself. I you love will have a, a hot dog in a theater. If they offered it, I'd love a hot dog. They they make them there. I never do them. that. Yeah, I, I I can't eat a hot dog in a dark. Yeah, I don't it's play just that not game. A, it's just not a dark food. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't get it either, and I don't know. I think. I mean, it just goes to show you, it's not even up to you whether you want popcorn or coke it's or not. not. It's like you've been hypnotized, and you're forced to do it. Well, I'd set the whole ketchup and mustard on beforehand in the lobby. I probably wouldn't go in and then start setting it Why up. Why do you eat before you go in? I'm and short on some, time. You have a popcorn <laughs> and have a little fucking snack for yourself. So you're the Not guy a meal. that smells like hot dog at the movie theater that no one wants to sit yeah. next to. <sighs> at the porn. This is great. <laughs> See, would you eat a hot dog at a porn theater? <laughs> I mean, that feels more appropriate. Something hot dog shaped. Do you, do you, ever, order the, you ever go to the buffet in a titty bar? I've done it before. That's gross. <laughs> I've never eaten that. That's gross. Sure. Me neither. And they'll fucking make the announcement. And you just look over. So there's one dude there. And he's just piling his plate up. Starving. <laughs> Got popcorn shrimp. <laughs> Such a waste of time. <laughs> it is, but they get to put it on the sign. That's what they're happy about. 
I always think that the other really depressing thing at a titty bar is if you make it to the second time the girls come around. You're like, oh, there's Portia again. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, how long have I been here? <laughs> the worst part of the strip club for me is uh, when you have to tell the girl no, you don't want to tip yeah. her. Like, not that you don't want to tip her, like right. you don't want to dance for her. Yeah. And she's like, come on, you don't like? And like, yeah, I just don't like you. Like, I, I rejecting a girl, even if she's a stripper, hurts my feelings. Well, particularly... <laughs> like, she doesn't like me. She just wants my money. But it still makes me feel like the bad guy telling her, no, you're not pretty enough. Because, because <laughs> it's saying... It's not worth five dollars to have you <laughs> rub your ass on me. I feel this is terrible. not a five dollar purchase I'm willing to make. <laughs> That's how hard it is for men to yeah, reject change. women. It well because we're not used to rejecting women. We don't even know, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. And she's all business. Yeah. I don't want to hurt her I don't want to hurt the stripper's feelings. Now the when when yeah it is, and then the 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 other the worst thing that could ever happen is when, if a stripper while she's doing a lap dance will start and tell you her problems. You know, oh, I like it. I like you that, do I like that connection. I don't want to hear about she can't find her kid's dad and something bad happened when she was younger. I just want to feel like we're all there for a happy reason. Yeah, seven's a tough age. Uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> seven's a tough age. I was just sitting there humping back. That is, yeah, that's, I, you don't want to hear any problems. I'll tell them my problems. I'll just one-up them all the time. Let's get real sad. Has you ever been to the gay uh, thing with gay strippers? Yeah, I've done that before. Where well, it's not, it, well, what's the difference? Because I know you've been to the other strip clubs with us. Is there a big difference? Um, it's definitely less strippers. Where you know, there's like if if you went into a strip club, is it you same? could get a dance quite easily. There's pe- you know, there's people there available. Where I've noticed there's a lot less guys dancing and stripping. Is it set up the same way, though? They go like, here comes Harold, and he comes out. <laughs> no, it's a lot... Yeah, it, I don't remember anyone like getting introduced or like every, all the guys coming out at once, and then you kind of take your it, pick. But does it look the same? It looks the same in the fact like they're dancing in cages. Is there a pole? I haven't seen anyone <laughs> dancing in cages since the 60s. I don't know that, that that there was even a cage anywhere. Cage boys. Now, when I wow. see, uh, <laughs> I didn't know that term. But if you ever see like on TV where they show the guys who dance for women, it's a much more joyous occasion oh, yeah. than yeah. going in to see girls dance. It's a much more public thing too. Like everyone's in on that guy dancing for the woman. Right. Whereas if a guy's getting a dance, it's let's a move, private. Yeah. Let's, let's move in the back. Yeah, let's, let's fucking get out of here. Let's, let's put a six eight black guy behind. You yeah. to yeah. help Look you enjoy your experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's already dark in here, but let's move further into the shadows. Yeah, yeah, that is true. You'll never see a really large black guy who looks like he's having fun. Never. He's just glaring at you. Yeah. And totally, his head's on a swivel. Yeah, that's it's always. I think like it's easy. I think those clubs, whether it's a gay club or a woman's club. You can be grosser to a male stripper than you can be to a female stripper. Is that right? It's still a level of protection for a female stripper. Like you'll never see yeah. a big uh, bodyguard at a club making sure that the male stripper's okay. Like just, yeah. you could tug away. It's fine. Do whatever you want <laughs> you to do. Do whatever you want it's right. to. It's yours. With a woman stripper, it's a lot more. No touching. Okay, you could touch a knee, but don't. <laughs> How much have the ga- uh, the cage boys uh, grind on your fist? Oh, uh, very little. It's almost like hovering instead of actually touching. No real grinding What's that I've bust? seen. 
Uh, I think it's 20. 20? Hovering? Jesus Christ, 20 for a hover. To hover? <laughs> yeah. I would think with gays, 20 you can get blown if you go to the fucking bus station, right? <laughs> it's rubbing a bulge. I guess this is higher end. Uh, higher end means <laughs> than the bus fun. station. <laughs> I hate when people say I know a really nice strip club. Like, no, well, it's I probably won't have fun there. The nicer the strip club, the less fun you're gonna have there. You never go to a high end strip club and have a ball. You want to go somewhere dirty. Yeah, I want. I want to see where the girls are forced to go over the jukebox yeah. and fucking quarters <laughs> and and pick their song. Yes, right. Yeah, and I like it when they. <laughs> I really like it when they dance to some inappropriate classic rock song. You know what I mean? Like I want to see them dancing to Neil Diamond, all fucking confused. <laughs> I remember when I went to Baltimore, Maryland, and I walked in with fifty dollars in singles and walked out with forty-seven dollars in singles. Oh my god! And I had the time of my life. It was the greatest night of strip club I've ever been. What? Were you, you, were you no, there? I'm good. <laughs> okay. What just happened there? That's just motion in the feds. What was the motion for? It's to cue a song. What's the song? What is it? Oh, I thought, it was gonna, I thought you were just saying that it was going to play. Mm. So, Cherry Pie by Warren, you mm, know, strip great. club song. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're on tonight. Got this it. Is, yeah. You're making things happen. <laughs> Michael's like, what, excuse me? <laughs> I didn't know what happened. I thought he was going to hit me or tell me I shouldn't say something. I didn't know where I was coming from either. Um, hey, we're doing the Unmasked with uh, Tracy Morgan. April 15th? April 15th. That's a Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. here at the SiriusXM studios. That's going to be exciting. Yesterday's Todd Berry was a lot of fun, too. Tracy's really funny. Tracy is funny, isn't he, man? He, he one time, last time I saw Tracy was at a at a comedy club, and he just stood there and reenacted the entire uh, Planet of the Apes and Star Wars for us. That was all. That was like his... he just reenacted. We couldn't get him to stop. He just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> it was the funniest thing. Like it was dead on. Right. But he just couldn't. He just wouldn't stop. We were like, "What? This guy is." It's like forty-five minutes in. <laughs> was he on stage doing it or in no? The hall? We were just we were just sitting there talking. <laughs> we were just talking about everything, and he just talked about how much he loved Planet of the Apes, and he just, "I love Cornelius." We were like, "What?" <laughs> he just kept going. It was great. It was like one of the funniest nights in comedy. That's so funny. I love anyone who gets obsessed with one movie and won't let oh, go man. of it. He's he's hilarious. Because you were a Planet of the Apes girl, right? Growing up? Oh, very much. I remember getting to stay up late to watch the first one when it was on television. Uh. And then I walked around like an ape for... <laughs> How did you look? Uh, yeah, just kind of the swing of the All right, arm. that's a good... That's that, pretty good. That's good because it's not a real ape. It's a Planet of the Apes ape. Yeah, real apes don't walk like that. Yeah, like walking like Dr. Zayas and Cornelius. <laughs> and I did that at school to the point of where they called my father. We can't get him to walk upright anymore. God, I would have loved to see you so fucking mentally disturbed as a kid. <laughs> Your father just had a up. single tear as they're telling him yeah. this. <laughs> my son is crazy. <laughs> That's this is why men drink. You know what I mean? They sit in the dark. They'll just you'll just the only way you just see that palm mall light up every once in a while, and they just fucking sit there and drink. And they're like my son just walks like a Planet of the Apes. I don't know. Fucking spending all this money on this shit. I don't see my friends anymore. My wife's getting fat, and I get this guy for a kid. Uh, last night, it's like you're going through me. his files. Well, it's horrible when you know when your dreams just get turned over that way. My kid's walking like an ape. So did they actually sit you down and tell you this is 
You, this has got to stop? Yeah, there is like, you know, save it for home or on the playground. Uh. But, you know... If you're going up to, you know, the front of the classroom, you don't walk like an ape. If you're going to the lunchroom, you don't walk. Were the kids laughing? There was a couple that wanted to join in. You know, the kids loved it. But were they even aware of the movie, or you were out on your own? Oh, I was telling them all about the movie. They hadn't seen it. Yeah. That's always kid. the best thing when the kids, like when the teachers have to talk to a kid without break his spirit. Like, listen, yeah. you can save that for home. Just right. don't do it around us because it's creeping me out. That year <laughs> in school, they actually made us write a paper, and um, I, you got to choose an animal to write about, so I chose apes. But most of my paper was all about the Planet of the Apes movies. I did a piece of, I did like a little chapter on each of those five films. No one was there to look over you at your house to say, <laughs> no. uh, son, these aren't the kind of things <laughs> that we're talking about. I never had my work check. Yeah, I think we, we had something like that where like the kid just to like, make them write something they're supposed to like take the stuffed animal home for the weekend then write what they did with it and some kid just wrote like a synopsis of the the movie zorro he just was just reading that in class like no 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 we'll get to what i did just let me uh let me finish this Wait, watch zorro I gotta tell you i'm a giant zorro fan <laughs> you know? i never seen zorro zorro doesn't get played anymore you know what i mean like yeah that's an old school there's old school things that went away that used to get played a lot like there used to be the mummy uh, would get remade, and then Zorro would be remade, and now they're gone. Really, I think kids don't even get Frankenstein. They just have vampires and uh, yeah, no Frankenstein zombies. There's yeah. no more sword movies. Zorro was like the like. Just remember, yeah. there was a lot of like Conan and Zorro. Yeah. And there's no more sword. I movies. think I'm gonna I'm gonna say that probably E-Man. Star Wars screwed up the sword movies for people. Like that, probably sword movies were the comic book films of yeah. their time. Yeah, so kids would go and see guys go out with swords. No more kung fu movies. I remember when I was a kid, you, if you had like a, a sword, you was the, yeah. you was the guy. You know, now no one has a fucking sword anymore. Well, Tarantino's the only one who's going to make a nice kung fu movie for yeah. us. Yeah, nunchucks. Remember nunchucks? Yeah, the badass. Yeah, they, they hurt you more than you can hurt anybody else. <laughs> CGI's replaced all of welts all over your back. <laughs> yeah, CGI changed everything. I feel like I pretty soon. I think in I say fifty years the military will be all CGI, all over the world. That's my dream. We don't have to lose another life. You don't have to lose the CGI. The CGI war. Well, they're making you know an Iron Man suit for real. These things that the guys will be so much inside of that, and then also you know they will definitely be like whose robots are going to beat who, will prove who's going to win stuff. I like that. These robots are going to turn on us. I mean, the fact that guys are driving drones, dropping bombs, but they're doing it from Vegas. You know what I mean? Like, these guys live outside of Vegas. They have a regular house. They have their family there. And then they go in for their shift, and they're sitting there. Okay, I'm going to fucking shoot this thing. I'm going to bomb this village. All right, I'm out of here. God damn it. Thank God it's Friday. It's next to a nail salon. Yeah. Mini mall. I'm going to stop and get wings and take them home for the family. No sense of cooking tonight. (laughs) So weird when you think about it. Honey, how was work? Well, I bombed this little place in Pakistan. I don't know. I kind of feel weird about it now. Lit them up. Yeah. Well, your son is walking like an ape in school. Get him to stop. (laughs) Always comes back to that. You need to talk to him. (laughs) 
You like the new Planet of the Apes movies or no, Fuzz? Um, no. I, Scott, I you struggled with it, though. Yeah, I had, to, I had to think about trying to remember the James Franco one. The Marky Mark one was horrible. Well, the James Franco is the reboot. Yeah. So they're doing a second one off of that. I think that's this summer. It was okay. Yeah. The James Franco one. I remember it being okay. I only saw it on TV and I didn't hate it. I like that the apes look like apes. Yeah, they had that guy Andy Circus who played like Gollum and all those. He was the yeah. main guy. Looked amazing. Yeah, yeah, he he does anything to CGI. Yeah, he'll do it first and then they just draw it in around him. But it's the eyes, man. They gotta they gotta like I think that's what made the original Planet of the Apes so cool is that the eyes they look like people. They got like people eyes, which made you connect to the apes a little bit differently than just watching some CGI. I actually, I get too sad to go to the zoo. Like, I don't like to see them. I don't like the zoo either, yeah. I did when I was a kid, but I liked throwing peanuts in those days. But now I'm like, that looks awful. It does. It's animal prison. It is animal prison. Sort of like a nice apartment, like the human equivalent, that you can never leave, that sort of has a backyard. Yeah, I mean, like, let's suppose this. Because they're going... Some of these, this is the way they would be living. But if we found out we couldn't leave this room, mm -hmm. how long before we got weird and stopped acting like ourselves? It'd be pretty fucking quick. Pretty quick. Yeah. And you're just seeing people that you're, like, you're seeing people just look at you. Your reality is completely changed. People just walking up and look, staring at you. That's not what they would have in their environment. Yeah. You know, that's strange. I don't like Disney either. I don't want to go to Disney World either. What is that? I don't know. I think it's sad that they're making fun of animals. The, um... It's like, it's like a... <laughs> I don't know. It's like minstrel. They're just dressed up as animals making fun of them. That's they, not how mice act. They, it is. <laughs> White gloves and bright red lips. There should actually be a little mouse that's there. And you're just like, I don't know. But you know what? protesting. The, the, uh, they did that documentary about the, the whales. Oh yeah, oh was yeah, it, uh, blackfish, 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 yeah. and they said that the hit that this took to SeaWorld from people seeing it and not showing up is almost non-existent. Just people don't give like some performers <laughs> said, "I'm not going to go do a show at this place," but overall, people are still going. They got to eat. Yeah, that's terrible. I saw that documentary. It just SeaWorld... I didn't say I didn't want to watch it. I can't even watch it. It's I didn't bad. watch the one with the dolphin beach. There was said, "Oh, you got to see it." The, the dolphins are screaming and crying. I'm like, I can't watch that. The cove is probably worse, but Blackfish makes SeaWorld look big the worst. They're like they're like sea Nazis. Is what, what happens SeaWorld there? Like. Just tell me. They just steal baby fucking whales from the ocean, and they're all the only animals are crying, and then they just fucking beat the shit out of them. And then, Why do they beat the shit out of them? Because they're not performing well. Oh, you, you mean to train them? You yeah, call that beat the shit out of them? Okay, <laughs> I'm just trying to get the picture here. And then there's just there's just one whale that they're constantly masturbating off, and just they're using its <laughs> sperm to to create all these other giant killer whales. So he's lucked out. Yeah, some good things are happening. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's still really sad. Have any of you guys ever been like to SeaWorld to see Why that show? Sad? Have we, you ever been to SeaWorld? I've never been. We it's did fucking, a field trip when I was a kid. It's fucking great. That's the sad thing about it. Like, you go there, and this girl will dive on top of the whale, and she's waving to people. Then they go dive underwater, and they, they come straight out, and she's standing on its nose, and it throws her like 80 feet in the air. And you're like, at the time, you're like, this is great. It's so exciting. But they've been abused. Yeah, the, now you find out the rest of the story. The so whales it's kinda hate like the, them. It's kind of like the Jacksons. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> all this abuse just created the world's most talented people. That is the that's the weirdest thing. What's uh what's the father's name? Joe Jackson. Joe, Joe, Joe Jackson, Jackson owns SeaWorld. He is like the SeaWorld. <laughs> but Michael Jackson, I'm not kidding. At like eight to ten years old, is still the most talented person on the planet I've ever yeah. in the history of the planet. He's in, he's insane. It's insane watching him now. Like there's a lot of things that you see. Like they say, oh Elvis was the man, and you see Elvis. Like okay, I get why he was the precursor. To everything. You look at Michael Jackson like now when he was eight years old, and you, yeah. no one's still that good. Like I, ever, he that music and the way he dances and everything is still so good. I still haven't even moved out of that era in the catalog. You don't have to. I, I'm not even on. Uh, I've never even made it to Thriller because that kid slays me. He's amazing. about Michael because he was so little it's like he was watching like James Brown Smokey Robinson Diana mm -hmm. Ross and putting them all together mm -hmm. like he literally lifted from these adults and for some reason thanks to Joe's screams I guess you know <laughs> just stayed with it stayed with it he's off stage right there going spin spin I don't know I think once you turn little Michael and I still think of him as little Michael Jackson. Loose, there was no stopping him. Yeah, he was... Now, those older brothers, they can get a little clumsy looking. <laughs> you know, they were going through awkward ages. That's got to suck being Michael Jackson's brother in the group. Yeah. And you're, and you're Tito. And you just got to be... You just got to be Tito. Like, no, yeah. man, the bass is hard, too. Like, no, it's yeah. not that hard. Tito's always going, you know what we got to do is get the five back together. <laughs> That's what we need to do. We got to get back to that. That's what we got to fix best. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get right. the band back together. <laughs> That's hilarious. Michael Chase with us. He's playing Caroline's on Broadway, headlining this weekend, starting Thursday through Sunday, and on Twitter, at ChayThinks. So you really only had, like, for really great little kids, Michael and probably Shirley Temple. Has anyone else, would you even say, could join that group? You know who's an amazing kid talent? Uh, Tatum O'Neill. Like, Paper Moon and all that? Was yeah. That? She was unreal talented man when you see like or, or uh, bad news bears yeah she was crazy talented as a kid i think paper moon might be one of the best actor performances as a little kid and it wasn't even like cool because she was a kid she was just like this really she like sold that shit i saw uh they did a reality show with her and ryan and she brought up like ryan did not come to see her get the oscar her uh. dad she was wow. like, you were jealous about me. And he was going like this. Why would I be jealous? I was working for Stanley Kubrick at the time. Uh, Believe me, I'm not jealous. Name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me. I think Emmanuel Lewis had a number one hit in well, Japan. Well, he was adorable. Don't get me <laughs> wrong. There are cute kids, but I'm talking about talented kids. Like, you can't take it away that some of those kids can really sing and dance and do everything. And then other kids are just adorable. They just happen to have red hair, mm -hmm. fat cheeks, and you're like, yeah, they're cute. But they don't blow... Like, I would honestly take little Michael Jackson and put him next to... You know, Jagger, Stevie Wonder, Bowie. No matter who you pick. Little Stevie Wonder, too. Yeah, Stevie little Wonder Stevie was, Wonder, was about but. 12, right? Yeah. When um, he started? He. 
he actually got better as he got older. Mm-hmm. Where Michael may have been at like 8, 10, 12 years old, as good as anybody, ever. Well, it's weird when you get someone like a little Ricky Schroeder, who does the champ, and will break your heart, but he just gets a little bit older, you add five years to that, he gets to be 10 or 11, and he's horrible. It's like he outgrew. He had, he had the TV show, though. Yeah, but he was really but bad that, in but it. But that goes back to what I said, isn't it more about being adorable rather than talented? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Well, I thought just the way he could, you know, make himself cry and everything. I don't even be- think he did the best version of the champ. I think if you go back and watch the champ from the 1930s with Jackie Coogan and Wallace Beery, it's a better fucking champ. That movie, I don't even know if I could sit through. Uh, we could need to break here. Yeah, we should break. Michael, you want to hang out today? You got to go. What are you going to do? I got to go. I can stay. It'll All right, man. I kind of have fun here, man. Uh, Michael Che, Caroline on Broadway this Sunday. Oh, Thursday through Sunday at Che Thinks. Uh, we'll be right back in Serrano Fest Show. play confession we haven't played that in a long time and i want all the guys on the show to start this off by giving a confession i want you to think about it something that you would confess as if you would to your own priest something you give away chris first of all what do we got in the price i have planet terror signed by robert rodriguez that's a pretty good price damn good you like Planet Terror? Yeah, half of a Grindhouse feature. That's part of the Grindhouse feature, though, don't you think? I actually went and saw that in a movie, and a lot of people got up and walked out at Planet Terror thing, and that was the end of it. And I was fucking cracking up. I saw it twice, and I saw the Grindhouse whole thing. Yeah, people, both movies, people just fucking walked out. Like, Where are you going? Death Proof's coming up! I didn't fucking yell out to them. They're on their own. I'm never going to stop with fucking Rube in the Midway. That's their fucking business. That's their fault. I was a little buzzed. Um, I went out and saw, saw Rufus Wainwright last night, Jay Moore's favorite performing artist of all time. Warm night when I leave. I'm in there enjoying music for two hours. I go back outside. I'm being snowed on. I, it was madness last night. It was hailing in Queens. I don't know if it was hailing in the city. It ended up hailing over here, too. It's, it's, it's April 15th. This, there shouldn't be hail in New York City right now. They explain it today on the news that somehow the Earth is out of... It's just fucking rolling away from the sun. Oh, then... We're out of the regular gravitational orbit that we're supposed to be in. They're all going to fucking die. Not necessarily. <laughs> we're just going to have... Because sometimes it'll roll back and forth. They explain it like this. 
the Earth right now is like a bowling ball rolled by a child. So it's going back and forth in the lane. As long as we stay out of the gutter, we're fine. Play me the confession thing. We don't have an opening for it? No, we have some nice confession music. Mm. I want you guys to give me a confession, and I want the listeners in on this, too. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Something... No, do we? Who are our interns today? Howard, and then a couple of the uh, a couple of the Raw Dog interns came down to hang out and help a out today. A couple of. You didn't Chris, learn their names. Yes, Chris is hanging out. And? And there's another intern. Someone's willing to intern from you, and you don't learn their name. Now you're typing. It's very last Instead second. Instead of being in a conversation. I want them to think of a confession, too. Something that they've done before. Just stop pointing. Don't you help, Shelby. If someone calls on you, but right now we don't trust your judgment. We think of you as Captain Freeze Up from the warm-up yesterday. If there's a problem, stare. Dear headlights. Fulbio and Chris are here. That can't be a name. Fulbio, yeah. I want them, Howard, explain to them they're going to have a confession, too. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Best confession will get the prize. Now, remember, for the people calling in, we don't necessarily even know who they are. So they're going to be able to just say what they need to say without anyone knowing. This isn't confessional music. I know you haven't been in the church much. No. You're playing some nice music, but it's not confessional church music. Chris Stanley, I want you to start this off. Okay. What is your confession? All right, it's been, I don't know, 20 years at least. You don't have to even say okay. since your first confession. I gave, um, I gave a girlfriend in college, I gave her chlamydia. You disgusting. <laughs> never, never, I never told her and then I just broke up with, like, I broke up with, I got, first of all, I knew I had first chlamydia. First of all, what are you, a fucking sailor? <laughs> <laughs> and this was back in 2001, and they still were putting the thing inside, like, they put the Q-tip inside the penis. Ah, for the so actual you didn't want it. Yeah, exactly. Why didn't you put a fucking condom on? I don't, come on, man, I'm in college, and I don't like using condoms. You but there. you know you were going to make somebody get chlamydia. Yeah. That's that, fucking disgusting. <laughs> makes me a bad person. Yeah. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We know we have to beat chlamydia. Um, and I, didn't, I didn't tell her about it afterwards. Like, I still, like, maybe she's she listening. she could have got it from anywhere. Yeah, like, if she's listening now, she'd know. If she's a listener now, she's such a low life, she deserves <laughs> chlamydia. All right, Shelby. And this, the music is terrible on this. We're not all backed out. You need some nice church organ music. But you've got to beat that. Well, when I was a senior in high school, I wanted to uh, get off of work for spring break. I was already off for school. I wanted to get off from the job I had. So I lied and told my boss that my grandmother had died when, in reality, she had passed away about 10 years earlier. All right, see, so here's the thing. You're supposed to say something awful, not something anyone would do at any day. Do you not have anything in your past that you're good and ashamed of? Ashamed of? Yes. Who wouldn't say my grandmother died? That's why I could. I would go down this hall and tell the bosses that today. <laughs> I gave a girl an STD, oh. lied about it, and I fucking carried that around for years. Like I, I, thought, I made her think she was a slut, you know? You know, let me just say this. Your confession, while hideous... <laughs> 
is an actual confession. I've never fucking told. I've told people I've had chlamydia before mm -hmm. in the past, but I never said that. You I've, were a carrier. Yeah, I've given it out. All right, here's John in Maryland. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron and Fez. Glad to hear you. I used to listen to you in Florida. But the deal is this. Back when I was in college, I once got one of those little disputes over a parking space. I was sitting with my uh, turn signal on waiting for a space to clear. And the person took a long time. They finally pulled out, and another guy tried to jump the spot. So we had words, and I wound up getting the spot. I went into class. When I came back out, he had left this huge loogie on my car window. So I figured he's probably still here. I went and found his car, and I had a little knife in my uh, my book bag, and I slid his tire. I just have to say this. I don't think this is a confession as well as a person saying that they did the right thing. I mean, someone spits on your car and thinks you're not going to retaliate. No, it doesn't go that way. That counts as revenge. Yeah. Yours doesn't even count as a, as a sin. Uh, Dan in Binghamton, what is your confession? Uh, well, I have a confession that will personally affect the show. Um, I'm actually Chris Stanley. Here's Richie in the Bronx. Richie. Uh, I used to teach uh, special ed adults, mentally retarded, couldn't talk. And these guys would punch you, kick you, poop on you at all nine yards. Right. One night we're getting high and we're like, you know what? We should, we got to figure out a way to get back at these guys without, uh, you know, leaving a mark because you could go to jail for that. So we ended up giving them cock shots and, uh, you know, and would tell them, let's go to the bathroom and wash your hands and we'd give them a cock shot and they'd be down on the floor in pain. No mark left and uh, no jail time for me. Richie, this is such a horrible story Jesus. that I'm actually, uh, I'm alarmed and disturbed by it. I'm going to put you in. Um, to the finals here, Richie in the Bronx, take his number. But that's that's an awful one. That's like fucking torture. Even feeling that you need to get even with a special needs person, terrible. Uh, Howard makes sure line four, we take his number. He's definitely a finalist. Uh, Greg in Kansas, what do you have, buddy? Hey, so about. Three years ago when I was in grad school, I ended up cheating on my girlfriend with her sister and uh, then ended up cheating on her again with her mom. Yeah, that's a forum letter. That's nothing to be ashamed of. You actually should write that into the penthouse in 1982. I'm almost hard right now. That I just that's said it. That's disgusting. <laughs> Another man made you hard. <laughs> um, hey, Hi, uh, hey, John, what do you got? Well, I don't know, probably about the age of 15 or 16 years old, I used to work at a gas station, and they had the big walk-in coolers, you know, where you would just get a drink from. And, uh, you know, I had to stop that cooler. So I found that if I uh, laid on the floor and scooted my head all the way up to the front, when the girls would come in and pick their drinks, I could look up their skirt and jerk off while I was doing it. It's kind of rough. Yeah, I, I don't think it's up there with chlamydia or uh, abuse of a special needs person. Uh, who are our two interns today? Howard and Fulbio on the phones right now. Fulbio. Fulbio. So we don't have two from the Comedy Channel. One's late. Okay. That's Comedy Channel. That's Raw Dog. Uh, we actually have all of us here. Okay, Jesus. Sorry, Christ. my bad. I love, I love The ones. phones are blowing up on me. Sorry. I understand, but that's the fucking job, Howard. Uh, Bill in Rockland, you're on the Run of Fez show. Bill, we got him. Let's go to Mike in Philly. Mike, do it up right hey. for Philly. What's your confession? 
Uh, when I was a kid, my parents had me stay with my grandma for a while because I couldn't get along with my brothers and sisters and stuff when I was a bad kid. Uh, kind of embarrassing. I, I used to masturbate. I was, I was a kid. I used to masturbate in my grandmother's bed while she was sleeping next to me. I want to put that in the finals. Christ. <laughs> That's horrible. That's hey. actually horrible on many different levels. What would you do with the semen? I mean, That's not... <laughs> you know what? You don't need those details. Yeah, the fact that you even want to know that <laughs> is why you ended up with chlamydia. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do with the jizz? Was it Seriously. a dry jerk or his grandmother. Can I tell you something? Yeah. You got the dick of a Portuguese sailor. <laughs> don't you sit in judgment of anyone else. Are you facing her? Facing away? How, what, what, what down here? Uh, here's uh, Mark in Long Island. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, uh, about, I want to say like 20, 25 years ago, I was dating this girl. And uh, her father was a real douchebag and everything towards me. Yeah. So one evening, buddy's mind, we went out drinking, and we all peed in Dixie, you know, big uh, Dixie cups, and we poured it in the vent of his Mustang. So for the life of his fucking car, you know, his car smelled like urine. I mean, this guy spent money trying to fix everything, the blower, everything else, and he just could not get the piss stain smell out of it. I don't have anything uh, I don't even have anything to do with this one. You know what I mean? Like it's revenge. It's too normal. It's too normal. It's not like he masturbated in his grandmother's bed with her sleeping or abused special needs people, which is alarming and horrible. That, and if I wish I was in the FBI so I could hunt that guy down. That's mean that's expose on like a fucking news channel. Yeah, I wish I had a news channel right now. We actually pissed in a bottle and tried to get a kid to drink it in middle school, and then he, like, was on it's to us. It's not your time, dude. You fucking came in with your lame-ass one that even Chris laughed at. And now you're fucking coming up with some middle school, you know, your fucking gay sex from middle school. All right? That's between you and your therapist. This is about dealing with... <laughs> this is like horrible shit. Did you hear what yeah. happened? I'm giving people STDs and not telling them about it. Some guy is fucking just having... Beating up special needs people for fun. And this other man's masturbating next to his grandmother. This is confessions. Yeah. This isn't fun kid talk from Cub Scouts. Christ. All right. Send him one of the interns. So we got... All right. Fulbio. Come on right, in. Fulbio. So it'll take him an hour to get here? Is that the Fulbio angle? Fulbio, sprint into the room. There he goes. I really like him. He's fast. I can, I can hear him. Fulvio is very, very fast. Good to meet you, man. Thanks for coming down to help out today. What's going on, guys? You look fucking great in the shirt. You're ripped, dude. You got thank a nice, you, e you. nice earring, your whole thing. You got, you got like a backstreet beard. I'm liking your whole look. You understand what the game is, right? It's uh, confessions. All right. Do you have something that you've kept to yourself that you're ashamed of but would feel better if you put it out there. Alright, uh, excuse me a second. Let me think about something. You've had all this time for it, right. If you don't um, have it, we'll put you right. back in the intern hell. Alright, so you want me to tell you one of like my worst stories? Yeah, whatever yeah. you have. Right. It's a confession. Alright, cool, cool. So, uh, I wouldn't say it's that, that bad, but alright. So, I was talking the other day with uh, Aaron upstairs about losing virginities and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Mine's a little different. Uh, we pretty much, I was with my cousin. I was. What's probably, his name? His name is Gio. Okay. I was young at the time. I was probably like in middle school, like seventh grade, I want to say. 12, 13. And uh, yeah, my older cousin, he was like 22 years old. 
he we were actually in Dominican Republic at the time, so he calls me. He he went out earlier, and then he calls me like around one in the morning. I'm upstairs in his apartment. He calls me. He's like, "Hey, man, get ready, wash your cock. I got two bitches down here for us." <laughs> So I'm like, oh shit, man! I think it's going down. I tell because Jude was his younger brother. Yeah. So I tell him, all right, man, I think it's gonna go down. <laughs> so he hops in one shower, hop in the other one. We do our thing. We go downstairs, and then I'm like, you know, nervous and shit shaking. He's like, all right, man, it's gonna go down. I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna drop you off at the motel, and you guys are gonna, do, <laughs> you guys are gonna do your thing. So Jude takes a bed. I take the bathroom. We do our thing. We switch. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, man, but uh, it was uh, good. See, here's the thing, though. Yeah, have you ever met Norice, my intern? Yes. Oh, no. She's a beautiful Dominican girl. I don't want you anywhere near her, but <laughs> she's a good girl. And here, she would be perfect for her. You know, I would like to find a nice Dominican boy, but the word nice is what I'm talking about. <laughs> He's on the watch list with who, kid? Every NBA player oh, yeah. that comes in here. Yeah. And there's some other guys she says hi to. I don't know his name, but he's on the watch list, too. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yours is better than Shelby's. Yeah. But it cost you a lovely date with a good girl that you could have a wonderful... Hey, uh, man, what, what, what happened here stays in here. Don't, don't. <laughs> no, we're standing in front of microphones. It's being recorded. Multiple yeah. countries. All right, good Sorry. job. All right. Good job. Way to be honest. Unlike Shelby, at least you have something to confess. The weirdest part of that is what 22-year-old cousin worries about a 7th grader and says to him, Wash your cock. You're 12, right? Be on. I think things in DR are a little bit weirder than we yeah, thought. Yeah, they are. When you have to tell someone sp specifically, <laughs> wash your cock. If you're going to be with a prostitute, wash your dick. Oh, God. <laughs> Scott, Wisconsin, what do you got? Yeah. So, my wife wasn't putting out for quite a while, and I got kind of pissed off at her, so I was in the bathroom scrapping a load, and yeah. I came, came all over her toothbrush and let her brush her teeth with it. Yeah, that's between you and her. I mean, what do you, you know? Again, revenge. No, I don't even think it's revenge. I mean, she's going to suck a dick or she's going to fucking brush her teeth with it. Who cares? At that point, you know? This isn't like fucking Shelby and his goddamn homoerotic fucking fourth grade games. Uh, Tony, Chicago. Hey, Ronnie, Ronnie. Um, yeah, I had a real bitch for a boss. So I thought uh, when she took off once for lunch, left her lunch on the desk. So I pissed in her pop and came on her sandwich. To me, and that's really it. fucking weird when you can't stand up to someone and you got to do shit like that. Like, what woman boss couldn't you fucking, you know, just yell at? Yeah, right, so you hate this person so much. That get, why did fucking leave the job if this woman that's your fucking... Or call her a fucking name, something. <laughs> but to fucking do what I consider a Shelby. You know, because I'm always going like this. I'm always opening the water. I'm going, did Shelby come in here? Is that oh. his little fucking game. Like, Ron, check that first semen. when this guy gives you a pound, he puts his fucking middle finger out. I don't get it. It's like saying, fuck you. I thought it's it was, a fuck you pound. I thought it was going to be, this is nice. We're giving him a pound. This is positive. Mm -hmm. No, fuck me. Not Shelby. Fuck you, Shelby. One time when we were in third grade, we peed in a kid's mouth and told him it was pop. You make me, you know something? You are fucking Joe Buck right now to me. See you in game six. That's what he said a couple years ago. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Best announcer. It's the best announcer. He is, he's, he is. You were the fucking best announcer yesterday when you shit your pants doing the warm-up and Chris had to come finish out <laughs> for you. By the way, I can't think of a more embarrassing thing than having an assignment 
and having another guy have to swing in and finish the assignment for you. I finished. I finished strong. You had him applauding when I came into the room. Oh, it was a fucking madhouse. In yeah. There. And seconds later, we had tears. Look, this is John from Mass. I'd like to hear a confession from somebody who we kind of know like this. Hey, John. Oh, he's gone. Oh, oh, God. He panicked as I said his name. Hey, Dave in New York, what's your confession? Yeah, I got a good confession. Yeah. I got in a bad car accident, busted up my hips, and I got out of rehab. I was on some wicked good painkillers. Mm-hmm. Best friend of mine ended up stealing a couple of them. When I admit to it, I was constipated for about a week from taking these painkillers. I went and took an upper decker in his bathroom just to get revenge on him. Never admitted to it, but he never admitted to stealing the pills either. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the non-confrontational type of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it always, I feel like I'm talking to a wimp. You have It's like you have a secret that no one else knows about, and they don't even realize that it got yeah. done. How does it, it even get into them? It's a weird psychological thing, you know? It's, yeah. Like, I mean, I could say... Twice I've kept Chris out of getting a promotion. What? I just confessed that this should be a safety place. It's, it's still. But you know why I did it, right? Why? I didn't want you to get more money. Well, why? Why can't I get I more? thought you would change. <laughs> For the better. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, but that's still change. And I'm, not, I'm not comfortable with change, even good change. Adam, you're on the run of Fez show. Uh, yes, uh, this is something I did to my wife back when we were dating. Uh, she told me she had no sense of smell or taste. I didn't believe her. So one day I bought her a box of milk duds and put a piece of cat shit in it. She ate the box, never knew the difference. She's not these weird fucking... It's your wife. Like wimp terrorists. Candy has a different texture. <laughs> Scott and Charlotte, what's your say? Hey. Hey, Ron, I uh, appreciate you doing this. This is something that's been bothering me for years, so I've got to get this off my chest. Good. So, uh, yeah, back just over 20 years ago, uh, me and uh, I was in high school, and me and my girlfriend, we were, uh, we were upstairs in my parents' house doing it. And once I finished, of course, I, I was a, it was a pull-and-pray type situation. Yeah. And I didn't know where the cum went. I couldn't find it. And so we thought, oh, well, you know, whatever. we just start watching TV. Well, a little bit later... Uh, I look up on the wall, and there was something like sort of dripping down the wall, and I didn't. It didn't occur to me that that could be my cum. So I, I looked at it and was trying to figure it out, and then I called my mom into the room. I was like, "Mom, you know what is this?" And she puts her hand in it, and she goes to smell it. And she's like, "I don't know what that is." And we blamed it on the dog, and as soon as my mom touched it and put it to her nose, it, it, it flashed in my head, "Oh my God, that's my cum!" And my mom just smelled my cum. So that's my confession. I, I feel really I can't bad. Can't believe about it. that you don't do a show with Chris Stanley. <laughs> I can't stand the people who used to do this or that. You know what I mean? Like, that guy I liked a lot because it was an accident. <laughs> and it involved his mom. I like that. All right, who are our other interns today? All right, Howard and Chris. All right, let's send Chris in here. All right, Chris, come in the studio immediately. Who was, was the other intern? That was Fulbio before. It's going to be tough to be Fulbio. I mean, had, he had the... I'm not sure those were prostitutes he was having sex with a 12-year-old. They were just Dominican, nice Dominican girls. He caused himself in a very nice relationship. Howard, how are you, my friend? Here comes Chris. Uh, oh, this is Chris. Yes. Chris, you're an intern for Raw Dog, right? Yep. What do you normally do for them? Uh, sort through old interviews, isolate clips for promos. So this is your first day actually doing radio? Yes. I mean, this is what you want to do as an intern. You yeah. know what I mean? 
radio. Yep. Not like, oh, let me go grab some clips. You're in the right spot. This yeah. is your place right now. It's confessions. What do you want to confess? Um, oof. I used to work in restaurants years ago, and uh, when a customer complained about their order, I usually fucked with their food. So, one time, I uh, a customer sent back a chicken salad several times, and I got so pissed, I jizzed in her blue cheese dressing. Oh, why would you do that? I was pissed. I had a bad day. But when you're when you're jerking off, what were you thinking of? Uh, the really hot waitress I wanted to bang at the time. Oh, How long did it take you to? Minutes. I'm a quick shooter. <laughs> okay. Oh no. Okay. There's a weirdness out there of people who, rather than telling people how unhappy they are, would rather jizz on the food. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm... it's a very common thing. It sounds like. I've never come in revenge, anger. I mean, I've. I gotta agree with you. Other, you know, you never think I'm going to do something horrible. Here's my seat. Here's my potential children. A nice revenge batch. Yeah. I had a I had him with a revenge batch. Uh you gotta pick uh, well we gotta do Howard now and then we'll pick no, sit here for a second. And then one of you guys will get the intern championship award. By the way, welcome to radio. I Thank wish you, you would have been here a long time instead of grabbing old interview clips. That's I've been doing be... uh, podcasting for a while, so this is like first dose of real radio, so this wow. is pretty cool. Wow, so you should have hooked up with us. You know, we give our, our interns a lot of mic time. We're the only show that does that. Well, that's and cool. And you know why? It's love for the future. What's your podcast about? Uh, we are uh, similar to jizzing you guys. and stuff, just jizzing and different things? Yeah, jizzing and stuff. Uh, well... <laughs> Chris's show, High Society Radio, is part of More Like Radio, which is a show that, which is a network that I help run as well. Oh, you're a co-worker. Did you know this was a co-worker of yours? Yep, yeah, MoreLikeRadio.com. Yeah. Did you know this stuff yeah. before this? Yeah. Why don't you introduce that? What's your podcast? I want you to plug it. My podcast name is Brain Stew Radio. We Brain are Stew. Friday nights from 8 to 10. See? No, here's the thing. If you interned for us, you'd be able to plug that all the time. All right, Chose Howard? the wrong department. Yeah, you really did. You really did. Because I hate when I see these interns come in and they don't get to work on a radio show. That's why I always feel sorry for they them. They hang out on the computers and on Facebook I sometimes. I see a lot of them in the... In line, I call it the halls. The halls. Um, Howard, mm -hmm. you heard these two raw dog guys. Yeah. They came out at strong, fast... What I'm trying to figure us? out which one is better. Because you're a veteran. Yeah, I know. I'm so trying to figure out which one is better. fucking... Um, uh, bang to hooker in Amsterdam is one. Well, that's something to be. Then the, yeah, and yeah. that's that's why I'm not even thinking. Did it. you kill her after? I mean, is this, no. What was the Sean Penn movie where they all raped the? Oh Jesus! The oh, was... guys. Fast times. Stop yeah, it was fast times. <laughs> so you don't have anything, Howard? Uh, uh, yeah, I do. I it was. It's pretty much along the lines of his thing with the jizzing and the stuff like that. We had this one shitty manager of this place that I worked at where he would always use the same. Uh, like cup from this like big gulp sort of thing and I knew I was leaving within like the week or so so I pretty much just engulfed my balls and asshole all over his used cup and decided right, not here's to tell the him problem. about it. But I, I know you've gotten anyway. me water before. Yeah, no. I know I'm not the easiest guy to get along with. I don't know the story, Chris. Completely untainted by my taint. No more water from Howard. Chris, who would you give intern of the day to? Fulbio. Fulbio for yeah, his crazy Dominican Republic story. He's got a crazy story. Then. What do you, how about you, Shelby? I'd give it to Chris. It's just kind of so disgusting to me. Vile. And I'm going to throw my away. I'm not going to vote for any of these people. 
So the raw dog guys beat Howard today. Yeah, I died. There, you both are tied for first. Whoever jizzles on each other first <laughs> is the champion of it all. All right, your podcast is what again? Brain Stew Radio, Friday nights, 8 to 10. Friday nights, 8 to 10. Boom. Thanks for being on with us, Chris. Thank you, sir. I like these raw dog kids. They seem like they got a lot of get up and go about them. They're go getters. They yeah, they're go getters. They go after it. I mean, they're run, I, they ran into the studio. Yeah. They see the future what it is, and they go for it. Um. Hey, Thez. Thez, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, when I was 19, I was homeless, so uh, I let an old guy fill me up so I'd have a place to stay for a couple of weeks. So every night he felt yep. Yeah, it was for a good couple of weeks. A uh, couple nights break in there, but uh, yeah. Was it under or over the clothes? Over the clothes. He tried going like in my waistband once, and I did that whole butt out thing, like getting away from him. <laughs> Very descriptive. All right, you're going into the finals. Let himself get felled up so he can have a goddamn warm place to sleep. It's understandable. Shelby now lives in that world. <laughs> he let fucking Joe Buck finger his asshole. Um, Ben, in Illinois, you're on the Run and Fez show. Yeah, when I was uh, little, we used to have a big family Easter egg hunt, and I got caught on video sneaking up behind my retarded cousin and stealing the eggs out of his basket and putting them into mine. All right, now this is a good story. You're going in. Now, when you say retarded, do you actually mean your cousin with special needs? Yes, yes. Okay. Now you're going in. That's a good confession. So, you know, getting felt up so you have a place to stay. Stealing a special needs guy's Easter egg. Or beating them up out of anger. These are all our finalists. Um... Mark, you're on the run of fish. Uh, John, John in Virginia. What do you got, buddy? Hey, a uh, place I used to work, we'd take turns getting donuts on Friday, and we had this real heavyset guy who would, throughout the day, just eat all the donuts. So by lunchtime, you know, most of the donuts were gone. So one day, uh, we took some X-Lax and crunched them up and put them on all the donuts, and we had our own donuts that we ate. And the thing is, the guy got really, really sick because we used about 10 X-Laxes, and he ate them all. <laughs> Dan in Texas, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, listen, I got a confession that I'm trying to work through. All right. Um, it was Christmas of last year. My mother-in-law was coming in from out of town. And I have a very difficult relationship with her. Well, as we we're waiting for her to arrive from the airport, my wife packed and said, listen, could you run to Walgreens and get some fried onions before my mother gets here? So I said, sure. So I get my car and I'm driving down the street. And lo and behold, this dog runs into the middle of the road and I hit the dog. I was in a hurry, so I did continue to Walgreens. I felt terrible because I'm an animal lover. Right. Regardless, I go to Walgreens, make the purchase, I get back home, and sure enough, my mother-in-law had arrived from the airport. She was on the couch crying as my wife was consoling her. And I said, what is going on? What is the problem? Apparently, my mother-in-law had seen me hit this dog in the road, but she didn't know it was me because she doesn't know my car. She came out of town. It was a year or so before she even came in there. So all of this guilt and depression I felt from hitting this dog, all of a sudden I started feeling really good about it because it ruined their Christmas and made her feel miserable. I still have some residual guilt. I feel better that I told you my story. So he hit a dog, but he felt better because his mother-in-law saw it take place. I mean, I think I, I would have said yes if he just ran over a dog and felt bad about it, but the fact that he later felt good, that takes him out of the running for me. 
Um, here's our buddy Fuck. This should be interesting. What do you got, Fuck? Oh, hey, buddies. Um, there's a there's a couple I can't even fucking begin to tell you, but I'm gonna give you one uh, right in the right in the middle, I guess. Um, we were uh, we're all fucking we're all cooked up one night and drinking, and um, I watched these two kids attempt to steal pot from my buddy. Right. Uh, they were we were there having a party out in Brooklyn, and these two kids that we didn't really know. Um, so they eventually pass out. Uh, the one kid uh, he's sleeping in my friend's room. Um, on his stomach, so I took a coat hanger and shoved it up his ass, and uh, did so numerous times. He kept waking up, and I would run away, and then run back and do it again. And um, the next morning, he had no idea what had happened, and it, he stepped on my Clarks, and I put his head through a kitchen cabinet for doing that, <laughs> and I felt absolutely no guilt at all. Well, I'm going to put you in the finals out of fear, out of just. <laughs> Pure fear and nothing up. Fuck goes into the finals. Fuck's in there. Uh, here's uh, Josh. You're on the Run of Fez show. Going on, Ryan. Yeah. So, um, my wife was prescribed Ambien, and while she was on it, she was doing like crazy shit, cleaning the house, we're not even knowing it. One time I woke up, her giving me head, so she stopped taking it. So I started slipping it to her so she would do anal with me. I think you did all you had to, you could possibly do. Uh, Don, you're on the run of Fed show. Hey, million bucks, right? Million bucks. Hey, when I was going to college, I worked as a paramedic, and uh, we'd come in every morning, just, you know, college kids, we're just fucked up every morning. So we start our shift, we would hold back meds from heart attack victims or whoever, just to get us through the day. We never kill anybody, but we, we get just enough to keep them up, above board. But the rest of us went, went into our pockets, you know. Just to stay alive. I feel kind of bad, but we never killed anybody. So I think I got some involvement on that, don't I? You know what? As long as you say you didn't kill anybody, into the finals. Uh, Mike, you're on the Running Fest show. How's it going, Ronnie? Hey. So I was about 16, me and my girlfriend got shit-faced drunk. Uh, she passed out on the couch, and uh, I had a thing for her younger sister, uh, who was like 13 at the time, and uh, we ended up fucking on the couch, uh, the other couch, about 10 feet away from uh, my girlfriend, passed out drunk. Oh, God. Uh, 13 is what fucking throws me off. I'm going to take your number just in case the police want it. It's the best of Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Serious XM Comedy. It's Channel 99. You're listening to the best of Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Serious XM Comedy. It's Channel his own theme song. Yep, yep. Joe Mandy here on an incredibly busy day for him. Pretty busy. He leaves here and does Late Night with Seth Meyers. Correct. And then the Bell House tonight. 
Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. I'm trying to get the thing going down for the East Coast Largo for that. It yeah. isn't catching on, but I'm really trying hard. They just got to do more comedy shows, and then they'll... they'll then they'll, they'll have it. Get it. They'll get that title. Why and not? then tomorrow night you're in Alston, Mass. at Great Scott and yep. Bitch Face. Bitch Face is out iTunes. <laughs> You've got too much happening. I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm overcompensating. I I'm, when I'm writing for Parks and Rec, I'm just stuck in a room with a bunch of writers and I don't do anything. You write for Parks and Rec, which is one of the coolest shows yeah, that I we agree. have. I think so. And then as soon as you get the chance, you're out doing 985 other projects. Yeah, yeah, that's I I spend uh you know, I spend all my time planning the my 3 months off basically. Yeah. So that's where every, that's why everything's got to be packed in on a Pretty run much. like this. Yeah, right. Cuz then after all, all this stuff I'm on the road with Aziz. I'm opening for Aziz for a couple weeks in April. Which will be fun as hell because yep. his crowd shows up like mad people. Right. It's great. And you know, it's funny cuz I'm technically a warm-up comic for mm -hmm. him, but I'm not warming anything up. There are already, <laughs> <They're> already <laughs> <you know? warm>. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's good. It's a win-win. That's what I always say for those shows cuz it's like um if I do badly, it's not like they're they're not going to remember me. Sure. So yeah, it's great. I have you nothing you to were lose. the guy that was just there before. Right. They were as happy as they could <laughs> exactly. possibly be. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Shelby wanted everybody to brought in these beverages in honor of you today. Oh. So Shelby, what's the story on this? It's a delicious Lacroix water. Lacroix water. LaCroix what is it about water. this water that you love so much? Um, I just I genuinely enjoy it. Uh huh. Particularly the uh, pomplamoose flavor. All right. Uh, I see. We got peach pear, mm -hmm. natural coconut. Oh man, coconut is a uh, that's that's advanced level stuff right there. Um, that's cran raz. So all these you know, <laughs> yeah. water in no, a I'm their celebrity spokesperson. But are you? At, do you actually work for them? Or no. You just... What happened was I just wouldn't stop talking about it at work and demanding our production assistant to keep buying cases of it. And my boss was like, you should, "What are you, their spokesperson?" And I yeah. just I put it in my Twitter bio saying "unofficial spokesperson," and I kind of secreted it. Now they just they've they've just like uh, accepted it and they've let me. I, I introduced their latest flavor and on Twitter and <laughs> they sent me t-shirts and stuff. My album, I said my album, I put their logo all over my album. They didn't get permission for that. All right, I'm going to drink one of these and see what it's like, but it's mainly water with just a little flavoring. Yes, right. No sodium, no calories, no preservatives. I don't know how to say this. This is the best thing I've ever tasted. Yeah, in my I told life. you. Seriously, it's the it's best really thing good. I've ever tasted in my life. Did not have the pomplamous the yeah. You Boulevard. Up, Shelby. Yeah, come on, man. Because I don't want to. I don't want to tell you this, yeah. Joe. Shelby loves you so much oh, that's sweet, that man. it's uncomfortable. <laughs> and here's here's the really here's the thing. Like Jay Moore was supposed to stop in, yeah. and he goes, "I don't want him here the same time as Joe." Why is that? I don't know. He gets a little aggressive. I just thought he—he oh. he did not want you to have a bad time here, <laughs> and he thought I feel like that, I could hold my own. Yes. But I, pre I appreciate yeah. that. And I actually said to him, "I go, he's a comedian. He's not. He's going to be happy to yeah. hang out." Course. But uh, I mean, I, I appreciate anyone looking out for me. There would have been enough waters. Right, he's exactly. got your back. Yeah. In any situation. Thanks, dog. Now, what is it Get that you what What is it that you fear about Jay Moore? Who I, I think is, is a lovely man. Look, I, I think he's a lovely man as well. I just don't know, you know, personalities might clash. <laughs> There's no clashing personalities. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I've, I've 
gathered a reputation from my troublemaking on the internet. I, I think people think I'm like that in real life. Who do you fight with on the internet? I just, um, I mean, per- I, I have like a list of people that I kind of just monitor and make fun of, you know? Every time that they tweet, you've, you're mm-hmm. a troll, basically, mm-hmm. for them. Oh, yeah, no question. Yeah, yeah I'm like, I'm, I'm probably like the king of the trolls. Well, what do you get out of that, Joe? What uh, feels great about <laughs> I don't, pulling down one of these d- people? I'm not, I'm just retweeting. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I've actually, I've kind of scaled back on that. I think, I think I'm now, I'm just focused on using Twitter to get free stuff, like shoes and and You can get free water. stuff from yeah. Twitter? Yeah, I got all sorts of free stuff from Twitter. I had no idea this. Yeah. I just, uh, uh, Adidas just sent me a pair of uh, Ricky Rubio signed uh, sneakers. Signed by Ricky? Yeah. All right, now I'm going to go on Twitter. After yeah, all this time, I've given in. Of course, you you have a radio show. Just start saying you you like stuff. And well, I, yeah, I mean, I've been getting stuff for years, but I get Coke, mm-hmm. and I get, you know, cigars, and I get concert tickets, That's but great. I didn't know I could get the Ricky Rubios. Right. Do you, you just, just tweet out, I'd love a pair of signed well, Ricky Rubios? Um, well, what happened with that was I came up with a nickname for the Washington Wizards backcourt. Mm-hmm. I, I called them the House of Guards. Well, I love that. It's pretty good. And uh, I, I, like, I posted that. I made a Photoshop logo for that. Uh-huh. And then like a month later, Adidas made t-shirts that said House of Guards. And I called them out. I was like, well, where'd you get that idea? <laughs> and I think they all backtracked and freaked out. Because it looks like I'm powerful on Twitter because I have a, yeah. a million followers, although I purchased almost all of them. That's the best way to go. Yeah. So I have like 900,000 bots. I'm very open about that. <laughs> but see, here's the thing about the House of Guards. We just had this conversation mm-hmm. today. Is it stealing if you take it off Twitter? Obviously, you don't yeah. steal from a stand-up or a writer or a film. But yesterday, we found out someone called in or wrote in to us and used another person's joke off of Twitter. The first person, Quinn, was furious. And I'm like, huh, you know, I don't know what to do about it. This is un... This is never yeah, been it's, done. The, it's kind of the Wild West with, yeah. the, with the Twitter. Because people steal tweets all the time or like like if not tweets then like it's hard it's hard to stake claim on like dumb bits you do on twitter you right. know because then people just start doing your your bits and it's like well i mean who cares it truly doesn't matter you twitter's see, like the most meaningless you thing. fleshed it out a little more than the 140 characters <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> see this is why this this could be perfect for parks and rec now you know one of my favorite things is the douche the douche oh, to me yeah, the radio course. show the douche of course is just i actually think my life would be better if i went into a small town and just did aggressive just radio dominate yeah. yeah and you need a sound you need you need to get shelby start doing sound effects like uh china Joe. We tried, um, you know, my bosses is very yeah. funny because the two things they want imaging mm-hmm. and us to tweet. Imaging. Tweet, Radio yes. imagery. <laughs> just, yeah, it's just imaging. You got to create that. It's like through sound, you create vision for them. Right. And we Something just, that's literally yeah, impossible. Yeah. We don't, I mean, like, we played your music coming in and uh-huh. now we're done. That's uh-huh. our problem with imaging. Right. Well, so there should be shit going off all the time that we're talking. I agree. Yeah. Just. You know, basketball sounds, sounds when we're yeah, talking right. about... <laughs> well, I was playing some sound effects, but yeah. then every time i get on the mic, I'd get close to Fez's mic. <laughs> you have to share a mic. Oh, yeah. Or maybe we drop, a, that. we drop a Jay Moore. Oh, no. Every time that we said we couldn't bring him in. Oh, no. That's Jay Moore. And we're not really up enough to do that kind of radio anymore, either. 
I'll have to grab a sounder from them. That's yeah. it seems like an early phone. morning thing. I feel like that. Yeah. I've been I've done a lot of like early morning radio on the road, and they do a lot of that. I think it's just to stay awake mostly. Well, you do that, and also because the 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 sweat that you have in that time slot, you got to pull those people, right? Because you know. But most of them are driving to work and they're in the shower and shit, so they're not. You'll get a lot of people, but they won't necessarily be with you the whole right. time. No, one, no one's actually listening, yeah. right? So when I started radio, we did mornings, and in the nine o'clock hour, a lot of times we would just replay stuff that ran in the six o'clock. Is hour. that true? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'd just be like, if you weren't here, you missed this. Here, a girl took her fucking tits out. <laughs> Boom! Yeah. And then be shocked, like yeah, the same, have the same reaction. Like you're hearing it for the yeah. first time. <laughs> well, it was all about being shocking back then. It was just shock jock. Yeah, that's what the douche is all about. He's hysterical, yeah. too, man. Um, do you know Jeffrey Gurian? I was going to bring that I up. I do know you. Jeffrey Gurian, of course. Because I should have had him here today. Too much tuna. Oh, yeah. Is his claim, reunited. Yeah, his claim <laughs> to fame. And um, and now they're even doing too much Gurian if he stops in here. Uh, <laughs> he stays on the show too much. They if he had, shows up, it's too much Gurian. <laughs> yeah. But he was on again the other night. Uh, he is. Yeah, we love it. I mean, like, when I, I've been writing for Kroll Show since season one. And uh-huh. when we... Uh, when we came up for it with the idea for Too Much Tuna, the first, all of us, <laughs> me and me, Crow Mulaney, we all were, yeah, it has to be Gurian. Well, this is the funniest thing that we were saying to him. Everyone else is in character. Yeah. Everyone else, <laughs> everyone else goes to makeup. Yeah. They're working on their yeah. voices. He brought his own, yeah, he brought his own just, wardrobe. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's a character. He just himself. walks in. Yeah, yeah, it was great. We, uh, we put his uh, actual website up on yeah. the show. Yeah, no, it's great. He comes up to Montreal every year and does mm-hmm. interviews, and that's always great too. I always try to. I do a lot of interview bombing. Like I'll, I'll I sat in Chelsea Peretti's interview, and I, I just jump in because I, I can't get, a, I can't get enough Gurian personally. Well, unlike our listeners who really <laughs> wanted to stop, he stops in about once a week with different people, and uh, he's. I, I find him to be hysterical, but I like anyone who every sentence they have starts with I. Yeah. So that's my, right. you know. And his past is insanely crazy. Pretty crazy. Yeah. And he's a dentist. On yes. top of all of that. On top of all of it. He could He's fix your teeth yeah. if you need. Uh, you're going to be at the Bell House tonight. Correct. Uh, and the late night with Seth Meyers. Now, I'm surprised that you came in before you got a thing like that to do. I thought you'd be a little tense, going over your notes. No, I I mean, I know the jokes I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And you can only obsess over it so much, you know? I, I mean, the first time... The first time I did Conan, I was like a complete wreck, and yeah, there's like there's no real way to prepare for it really, because they just the show's on and then they throw you out on stage and you know you just do your and for me like five minutes that's like two, one one or two jokes, so <laughs> you know, that's the weirdest thing. I just tell longer jokes than, yeah. than most people maybe, so yeah, it's it's a very weird experience. So if they don't like the first joke, that second joke better kill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's uh, I. What was it for my half hour? I I told one joke that was eight or nine minutes long, and that's how I started my <laughs> set. And I was like, "Oh man, if this doesn't work, I'm really putting myself in a deep hole here." Yeah. So uh, and then uh, the Bell House, you just go out and have fun. Oh, the Bell House is going to be so fun. I got uh, Max Silvestri and Wyatt Cenac. Uh Great. They're coming out and they're doing the show. Uh, 
gonna pull out i got this ipad that i i'm using on stage i got my own sound i've got my own sound effects actually so i'm, I'm gonna be doing what we were just talking about well, what stage. we were talking about and we haven't jumped on it since we still haven't done it we're doing radio here uh and then tomorrow you're in alston mass yeah which i was saying i don't know this place Grace alston, oh grace guys it's, yeah. it's, like, it's like a rock club it's like uh, uh right outside of boston and alston near boston university uh, and then, of course, Bitch Face is available now on iTunes. Yeah. Got your own mixtape. Got my mixtape. It's, al- it's also streaming for free on SoundCloud. So if, you're, if you don't feel comfortable uh, spending four ninety nine on iTunes, uh, you can listen to it for free. All right. Now, here's somebody who wants to bring up Twitter thievery. Uh-huh. Uh, Gary, in, Gary in Kansas. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, Ron. Uh, the night of the Academy Awards, I tweeted out about gravity. I uh, I said something to the effect of so many, all these people accepting awards for gravity and not one uh, thank you to Sir Isaac Newton. And later on that night, uh, Albert Brooks uh, retweeted the same thing. And it, it was on, it was either at the, it was the hashtag uh, Academy Awards or whatever. I, I was following along with you guys. Now, do you feel like he stole that from you? Or well, no one would have put together did. Isaac Newton and gravity? About it. <laughs> And uh, I, I was like, are you kidding? Why are you mad? That's Albert Brooks. I'm not going to get in a Twitter war with Albert Brooks. I'm like, hick right. from Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, I mean. See, so this I is the thing that I hate about Twitter is it makes this guy even feel somewhat equal with Albert Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at one of the no, greatest fucking that. comedic minds yeah. that's ever lived, and this guy feels yeah. like an equal with him. It's, it's like, well, I mean, I got there first. So, yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool that Albert Brooks got it so much later than me. I know what we could do right now. Let's just let's film your act for mm. Seth Meyers, mm. and then we'll throw it up on the internet before him and just be Great. like... And yeah. yeah, TMZ this. Yes. <laughs> well, that is true. Like yesterday, I did this thing, uh, a town hall we have here with George Lopez, and TMZ caught him on the way in, got these great quotes, and got it up before it even happened. Wow, really? And I was cracking up. That's I'm crazy. Like, They've beaten me to any punch that I could possibly get about his drinking thing. And I think that the, I think that they got him before he did Howard Stern or after he got Howard Stern, but they they were the ones, of course, because they're TMZ, and they're camped out front, were able to get it out it's there. It's not even like the reporters hanging out like that you know. It's just some guy that just has a voice yeah. from no, coming out of it's nowhere. it's Adam. I see him every day. He's great. It's Adam from TMZ. Everybody <laughs> loves him. And he just, he's making a living hanging out front, just nailing people coming in and out of the building. It's so weird. What a weird... What a weird job. It's it's actually the weirdest thing about it is, you know, the difference between here and L.A. is those guys freeze their ass off a lot of yeah, times. No, you have to really earn it here. <laughs> yeah. In L.A., you're just hanging out in 70-degree weather. Yeah, it's kind of easy. You could be out having fun. Yeah. But you were just saying it's gotten weird for everybody in L.A. with The Tonight Show now being in New York. All the comics... Everything, everything's out here now. Yeah, yeah all the crazy. comics moved to... L.A. years ago in the 70s because of The Tonight Show. Right. There was no other reason. And now, of course, you know, and particularly when you got 30 Rock shot here and stuff, all the movies are shooting. And yeah. It's a weird thing. You can't be a romantic comedy and not be in New York. It's true. No one, yeah. It's, no one wants to, because to, 
it's just i think new york's a more romantic city right like if you shot a, a, a movie like that in la it'd be mostly like you and a girl in traffic trying to get <laughs> right. to a restaurant and valet like there's just nothing it's, it's saying this isn't worth it yeah. on your date it's not even worth it that's right the now. name of the movie it's <laughs> yeah. not worth it, <laughs> Fuck it. But you gotta, if, you, if you watch this and all you know about america was through movies you would think well people don't fall in love in st louis it just doesn't no. happen there they have to move to new york then they fall in mm -hmm. love you can only go to the arch so many times <laughs> right. not, not much that's going, all you got not much going on and, there. and, and a nelly concert uh here's um and i can't is this armin armin you're on the run of show let me try again armin hey do we got you Comedy. yeah yes, guy bro you're on the air yeah, it's parallel comedy. It's parallel it comedy. Yeah, parallel thinking, correct. Yeah. You saw, it in front, saw a joke in front of uh, three sharp-ass comedians. They're going to find the same vein, and they're all going to step over each other to find the joke. Louis C.K. accused Jay Moore, Dane Cook, and Dennis Leary of stealing from him. It's just parallel comedy. Well, it's going to depend. There's one thing if we all come up with the same Chris Christie line. Mm. But it's another thing if you specifically get into things that kind of belong to that. Right, or for comedy. a second, an anecdote. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same joke. You might word it differently, but me and you are going to find the same joke. We'll find the same vein of comedy. You uh, know you, what I mean? You seem like a defense lawyer for a joke. <laughs> I've never heard anyone in the audience come in with this attitude. You see the timestamp. He compared right. Chris Christie to The Sopranos <laughs> at 9.28. The yeah. defendant was 10.13. Well, that's what I mean. I, I get the fact that if you're going to do topical humor, like you could sit around and look at the late night host, and they're all going to do... Well, tonight, I guess they're going to be forced to do the Skid Row, Zac Efron bit. You know, he got busted in Skid Row or whatever. He got punched there. So I expect to see that bit everywhere. Mm -hmm. But if you get into something else that's deeper, like if suddenly I came up with a a cell phone bit that was resembling um, Louis C.K.'s, I would think that's not parallel thinking. Well, even You're influenced. Even if it's like Jay Leno, people started kind of hating on him. I saw people like accusing him of joke thievery, but stealing from people like a joke that happened five years earlier. Right. Like he's the one in his computer, like in all his denim, watching things. Not his writers that could be stealing. No, it's just right. him. It's Jay himself. Yeah, that's. I'm sure that's the case. Jay Jay Leno going on a Google search for like. 2007 <laughs> looking for jokes. <laughs> a video on Tumblr. handing it to the writers. <laughs> yeah, Lexus Nexusing jokes. <laughs> but I guess you guys have to worry about that all the time when you're writing for Kroll or because there's been... Now we're at the point that not only are there a lot of shows on, but you've got 50 years of television yeah, comedy. Yeah, and on top of all that, for Kroll Show, the way the production schedule works is, I mean, they're writing season three right now, right? And mm -hmm. so that's February, March, and they shoot April, May, and then they don't air the show until January. So, like, there's this constant worry with the show. Like, for season one, me and uh, this guy, John Daly, we wrote this sketch called uh, Wheels Ontario, which is a Degrassi parody. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just sat there for, like, seven months before it aired, and we were just like, someone's going to make a Degrassi parody, <laughs> and we're screwed. Like, yeah. it, you know, and no one did, luckily, but that's always, like, the worry is, like, with TV, 
Uh, it's so it's so easy for someone to like make a quick YouTube thing and post it, and for TV, this the production schedule can make it like you're just really risking someone could take your idea. Well, there's also so many funny people in Parks and Rec. Who do you give it to? I guess you have to think about all that all the time. Uh, well, I think the characters are pretty defined. So uh-huh. uh, yeah, we know we know what jokes work for which characters. Usually, yeah. yeah. But you got to keep everybody involved every show. For right? sure. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's pretty much the biggest challenge with us. We have, we have so many characters, you know. So yeah. I mean, if you just look at like what Rob Lowe alone did with that character, something Killed that it. should have maybe made one episode just a walk-off character, and he nailed he that nailed thing. It. Yeah, he was so good. Now down to the fact where people are starting to do that character, the overly happy, overly right. nice overly guy, healthy guy. Yeah. yeah. And at the same time, and this is the thing about Rob Lowe, if you turned on Californication, he was going in the opposite direction with this really weird kind of Brad Pitt takeoff guy that was just fucking amazing (laughs) that he had these going at the same time. Yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, he's one of my favorites now, man. He's one of those guys that, when he was a kid, probably had too much handed to him. But now, after time, you're like, oh, I see. Right. He really was good. Right. You know, he wasn't just a cute boy. Uh, you're speaking of, I don't. I didn't hear about the Zac Efron thing, but I met him recently. It was really funny because uh, he came up to. I was at a restaurant. He came mm. up to our table. I was with a friend, and like, as he came up, I was thinking like, "Fuck, Zac Efron. Who this guy think he is?" And came over and talked to us for about thirty seconds, and he left. And I was like, "I love Zac Efron. <laughs> yeah. I was like, totally on board. I was like, I he's know. like the most charming dude. And yeah, sometimes you just resent." Guy, I mean, you know, him and Rob Lowe are two, like, they'd be beautiful women. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah, I think you just resent people who are that beautiful. You know what always gets to me? And now focus on this. English movie stars, the guys, are so fucking charming <laughs> mm-hmm. and great that when you're in here with them, you're like, I think I just made a best friend. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's really... Uh... Who are some of the ones that came in? Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes sure. made me feel like a beautiful girl. That's great. By the time that he left, I was started to follow him. Right. And then thought, well, I shouldn't. I'll go Who anywhere else? with Hugh you. Laurie. Yeah, oh, Hugh, Hugh Laurie. Yeah, Hugh Laurie. Forget about yeah, it. Yeah. Yes. Jer- Jeremy Irons. Yeah, Jeremy Irons. I feel like we're playing a game of MASH now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's working. The Homeland. Oh, what's his... Uh, play the Sculpture. Home he came back. Yeah, I call him Homeland. What up, Homeland? What up, Homeland? Well, here's what happened to your buddy, Zach Efron. So, showed up on TMZ. Uh-huh. He was on Skid Row, which I had to explain to people is a real oh, place. Oh, man. It's definitely real. And they haven't fixed it. I no. mean, it was like Skid Row in the 30s, and mm-hmm. they haven't fixed it. No, it's uh, go- downtown L.A. is one of the most surreal places in the United States. And the weird thing is, is like we used to have the term Bowery bum here, mm-hmm. but now an apartment in New York on the Bowery is like, you know, $8 million. Sure. There's no reason to let these things stay shitty. But, but that's anyway. the weird thing. People live in downtown L.A. in nice lofts, and some of the best restaurants are down there, but you have to like drive by and walk past like the most destitute people you've ever seen and it's like how how is this a thing like <laughs> that makes it a city though yeah. you know what i mean that that means like they're finally after this time becoming a city and not just suburbs yeah. stuck together really well yeah, off it's suburbs. a good thing <laughs> <laughs>
So anyway, he's in Skid Row, him and his uh, bodyguard. And when the cops roll out, they're just slugging it out with these three dudes. They're just in some kind of fight. And Zach said that he got hit harder than he ever got hit in his life. He said he was. He ran out of gas. Was waiting for sure a tow truck. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Grab a cab. Call an Uber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That wow. Right, so he runs out of gas. Huh. What happens? They told the police that a homeless man confronted him, and then they threw a bottle out the window. I don't, might have been a mistake on his part. That yeah. smashed near the group. The why would you throw a bottle out the window unless you were throwing it at somebody? Yeah, he should not have done that. Would not have gotten. Beat up by a bum. I guess he went out to help his bodyguard. Who was well, there might have been like a recycling bin nearby. He's okay, just that, all right, that's <laughs> nice. Recycle is probably just doing yeah, a good a, thing. Another, I'm, I'm on. I'm Team Efron on this. He's okay. probably just recycling. You're a defense lawyer for him. We're <laughs> yeah. hitting all, all yeah. defending each yeah. other. You have a bodyguard <laughs> to defend you. You're not supposed to defend the bodyguard. Okay, so then what happened? The, After the Molotov cocktail didn't right. go off. <laughs> Well, the TMZ source, who knows, uh, that could have been one of the bums, said he was obviously intoxicated at the time of the incident. No, I know he's out of rehab. He just <laughs> had his jaw broken, like, right at the end of last year. How do you know true? this? I never heard this. That was another TMZ story. It's like he showed up somewhere with a broken that's jaw. T- that's TMJ, Fezzy. Oh. Not TMZ. Different <laughs> <laughs> No, what happened? So They never found out. They just said he had a broken I, jaw, and he never a, explained how it happened. He's got a glass jaw. There's no way around this. So it could totally be broken again if he got punched in the sure. face as hard as he's ever been hit. Yeah. Well, I'm you know Zach. I'm praying for him. Yeah. Well, he's on our thoughts and prayers right now. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. <laughs> um, and they didn't say what happened to the crack. That's the that's yeah. the important part of the story. Who ended up with the crack? Right. Guessing the cops just divvied it up amongst themselves. I've seen that happen before. <laughs> Fucking trainer police, you pricks. Free crack. <laughs> I'll never forget this. Oh, this isn't yours? I guess this money isn't yours either. I guess it ain't. Oh, no. Yeah. You can't trust local cops. Joe Mandy's in studio with us tonight performing in Brooklyn at the Bell House at 8 p.m. And then you can see him tonight on Late Night with Seth Meyers Mm. at 12.30. Tomorrow at Great Scott in Alston, Mass. at 7 p.m. And Bitchface, his new mixtape, is available on iTunes. Correct. Now, are you going to turn on, are you going to do like a watching party with uh, everybody at the show? No, no, no. I I can't watch myself on TV. Never, I've never really seen anything I've done. But that's, uh, yeah. That's Should we <laughs> let you know how you did? Please. I, please. I always <laughs> love input. I love input. I yeah. love every time. I, I love knowing my half hour has aired on Comedy Central because at like, it's usually at like three or four in the morning. I'll just get a hundred tweets all at once saying I'm the worst comedian they've ever seen <laughs> or, you know, or the best. I mean, it's like so, it's so polarized. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's always cool to get feed, anonymous feedback. I love it. Even the hate stuff you're okay with? I'm fueled by hate mm. i love it so no, please don't it really hurts my feelings <laughs> yeah. he's a person too but a lot of people think when people say oh, i don't watch myself in that that they're lying but i don't know how anyone could no it's crazy it's crazy i can't like it uh, makes me feel insane the the weirdness to me is like woody allen and, and louis ck will do it too where they sit and edit 
themselves. Right. And I don't know how you can not do that. Because you know how, like, if you even look at a picture, everyone looks normal but you. That's the natural way for a human being to be. Uh-huh. You know, like, if there's a class picture, <laughs> your eyes just immediately go to yourself. Can't use this one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this stinks. Everyone else could be having, like, pictures of, they're holding baby Jesus. And you're like, yeah. ah, yeah. let's not use this one. <laughs> But you will not watch. Can't watch. I had a hard time editing this uh, this album, which is just audio. Uh huh. You know? Yeah. So but you're just hearing yourself. Right. Right. Fuck up. Right. Exactly. So we um, and that's you know that's why there's all those air horns and stuff in the <laughs> in the mixtape to try to it's just to make myself feel better. Um. So tonight you're going to be at the Bell House, and then you will not watch TV tonight. I probably yeah, I probably won't. Also, I'm I'm in New York for the first. I moved. I lived here for almost eight years, and uh, I moved to L.A. This is my first time back in almost two years. I haven't been back, so I'm I'm just gonna see my friends. You know? But here's the thing: when you come back to New York, it's changed, and you hate it. It's like no other place where you're like, really? I can't fucking believe. That's change. No I know. Matter, I was in Union Square. I was like, "Oh no, Marshalls is a Burlington coat factory now." Who wants that? Where it's am I? Different. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same. Marshalls um, is. It is almost exactly the same as Burlington coat factory. <laughs> <laughs> what was the culture shock when you moved to L.A.? Um, I guess I just felt more like an adult. Like mm. I, I have a car and an apartment with you know sunlight i just i didn't realize how much of uh like i was living like a rodent in in brooklyn sure yeah sure because like, you, you see the thing is new yorkers don't understand that people want to stay in their apartment yeah it's true and that's you know that's also part of the culture shock i had is uh performing comedy is much more fun in new york because people are avoiding going home you yeah. know so people go to comedy shows I did. I did a couple shows last night in Brooklyn. Both were, you know, packed, and it's a Wednesday night. That would never happen. Really, in, in LA now. LA's got one good show on a Wednesday, but yeah, no, it's the you can't do multiple shows. There's not enough pe- people going out at night. Well, I think like when the big comedy boom in LA is because people would go. You know, a lot of tourists used mm. to go to the comedy store and sure, stuff like sure. that. But it seems like I don't know. Like some of that vibe has even changed a little bit. Yeah. And I don't. I also just don't have a lot of time to do stand up uh, after work, so I gotta just pick which shows to do. You know, I can't. It's. I'm sure it is possible to bounce around a little more than I'm portraying, but look, I, I still believe New York's a better place to do stand up for sure. All right, uh, here's uh, Josh. Josh, you're on the Run of Fez show. Oh wow, cool. Uh, I was calling. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I was calling to settle you guys' bet you made last week about the two hundred bucks about whether what or not uh, Stephen Hawking's prediction of us being in space in fifty years on the moon. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the thing is that these guys didn't believe that we would be living on the moon in fifty years. Wasn't that it? Right. Yeah. You guys called bullshit on yeah. it. I go, yeah. why wouldn't we right, be? Right. And yeah. says he bet two hundred bucks against it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they are building a spaceport in Midland, Texas. A company called Xcor. And they're starting by doing commercial suborbital flights, and uh, you can pay about fifty thousand bucks to get on. That's uh, all. Hundred grand if you want to uh, uh, bring cargo or your own satellite. 
And at that rate of progression, within 50 years, I can't imagine the uh, guys at Halliburton wouldn't want to go and take a core sample up there, you know? Right. They'll, they'll probably, it won't be you or me, but it'll probably be a crew of commercial guys up on the moon. I'll uh, do it. I don't care. I'll do it. You would go up in a heartbeat? Yeah. I, I oh, think yeah. 100,000, I can put, I have my own satellite. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. And then uh, last great uh, love story uh, in L.A. was L.A. Story with Steve Martin and Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. yeah. That was a good like one, man. 30 years <laughs> That's ago. That's about it, man. Yeah. What about that one with Ashton Kutcher was like giving it to Anne Hayes just for like an hour and a half? I don't remember that one. What was that one called? I don't know. It's Anne Hayes. It was, it was called. Yeah. That's it was, what it was called. But that was the whole movie. It was just like he was kind of poor. She was rich. They had sex. I don't remember Roll this credits. at all. Are you thinking of Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> might have been, that might have been it. Because that was Stifler, not Anne Hayes. The butterfly effect, right? That's a, <laughs> that's my favorite romantic comedy. Oh, Spread. Spread, literally. A sex comedy. Anne Hayes wasn't in that. Anne Hayes. Anne Hayes. I don't lead. remember her in it. She was the original sugar mama that he had. before, And then she gave him the boo because he was banging some other broad. This is like... Um, all right, you've got to go back to when John Travolta uh, had his first big flop when he was played a gigolo. Because gigolo movies are always fucking hysterical. And he basically was uh, as a male uh, prostitute. Have you ever seen the TV show Gigolos? On Showtime, uh, I know I saw that Buff Bagwell was going on there, so I saw it's a piece of it. The funniest that's m- might be the funniest show on TV. Finally, Buff Bagwell's gotten a <laughs> weekly show. Well, I Buff is the stuff. He is, isn't he? <laughs> yes. And then didn't he have another catchphrase, like when he would kiss his muscles or something? He had. Some- didn't he yell something out? There was something like that. I can't think of what it is now. It was his version of "What a Rush," but I don't remember what it was. Um. Joe, I know you got to get out of here, man. Pretty you, soon, yeah. You, um, well, you are you going to go straight over? Probably going to walk across the street. Yeah, get ready. So, uh, so yeah, got got to rehearse. I don't, I don't know. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's on two jokes. You should actually even say to Seth, "Is there some kind of jokes that you guys have that I could do tonight?" Right. Just go over there and just act like. Uh, yeah, like I have nothing prepared. Yeah. So most of this be off the top of my head. Right. So I'm just gonna just riff, just get some, do some crowd work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of, the crowd's kind of far away here, but yeah. I'll, I'll still give it a shot. Throw some stuff out yeah. there. Seth is doing well, right? That show seems yeah, like sure. it's going great a, for him. They've got a great writing staff too. Yeah. So yeah. Well, be that's fine. what you would expect out of him. Like when people said he was getting that show, I'm like, he's more than prepared. Oh yeah, and he's got Alex Bayes' head writer. Dude's the best. Um. So yeah, they'll have jokes if you're not comfortable. Yeah. No, I'm going to ask for <laughs> jokes and <laughs> and clothes. I have so. my own. I just want to see what you have. Yeah. <laughs> be better. Shelby, are you going to be ready to tweet immediately? After his set, to say great set. Great set. Yeah. Just do it now. Get it loaded in your draft. Yeah, get it loaded. (laughs) Be all ready to go up with it. All right. (laughs) All right, here's what we could do. Just give us one word that you're going to use in this. Okay. And then the first person you like tweets into us with that word, we'll give out a prize to. So I'll tell you off air. No, you could actually say it now on air, and we'll see see what kind of, uh, you Um, know... 
Okay, uh, I'm going to say the words red string. Red string. Yeah. Red string. Wow, this yeah, sounds like a little red dicey string. joke, yeah. too, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's when I bit the red string. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what, never coming back? And the Seriously? beads fell out of my butt. Yeah, so that's uh, red, red string. Red string. Right. Your red string. Tweet we'll, in. Yeah, well, hashtag red string. And get that going. <laughs> That's when you see Joe Mandy tonight on Seth Meyers' Late Night Show. And it's really the beginning of the Red String Tour. Right, yeah, uh, that's the next. That uh, the Bitch Face on. Tour will transition into the hashtag Red String Tour. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. All right, we're going to go to commercial. Thanks so much for stopping in, buddy. Hey, guys. Thanks and for having me. I'm glad Jay Moore wasn't here to Me too. Oh, God, he would have punched my face like I was Zac Efron or yeah. something. What? <laughs> It's the best of Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Serious XM. Comedy. It's Channel 99. And now, back, back to the best of Ron and Fez. Ron and Fez. Raw Dog. Serious XM. Comedy hit. Channel 99. You know, uh, this Philip Seymour Hoffman thing, every day there's more and more articles. And I'm wondering why. Maybe it's because people didn't realize how much they loved him. But I don't even think that he would know that he would get this kind of outpouring of heartbreak. Like I, I took it for granted. Like when I went to, I went. It was on Drudge when it popped up. I went there randomly, and I immediately thought, I thought I was gonna be watching this guy for another thirty years. Like I thought I was gonna see his work like till I'm dead. And when he fucking passes away, it killed me. Wait. Let me get this straight. Yeah, you honestly think you're going to live another thirty years? <laughs> I, I I have a good I feeling. I fucking am putting my cash down now. <laughs> Give me the under on the thirty fucking years. Who's got the over? Huh? And you know what? I bet yeah. everything. <laughs> I'm pushing everything in: stocks, bonds, four hundred one ks. I'm gonna pull this audio. I'm gonna prove it to everybody. And then I'm I'm fucking calling everyone in my family and saying, buy anything you want. I got fucking money coming in. <laughs> well, just think if he would have even lived another 10 years, right? Yeah. He probably would have another 15, 18 films. I think he had like three movies. Well, he was in The Hunger Games. Ugh, I he, hate that he's going to be remembered for that. He had two other movies coming out and, that, and a TV show. And the movie was supposed to direct. They might have some problems with the third one because he had like one more pivotal scene to film and they're just like, how do we end this? Good. You know what they're going to do? Put a fat guy in a fucking weird wig. Rob Ford is going to be. You know what? That's fucking terrible. They just grab Jim Gaffigan. Maybe do like a voiceover type deal. Oh. Shelby, what's your problem? They'll just say that he's a shapeshifter. They always just, oh, and by the way, I'm a shapeshifter. That's why I look like this. I'm the same guy. And everybody in New York has a story about him, and every, it's always a nice story. Everybody I've talked to will bring up something where they just had, like, they ran into him on the street, and it's cool. Personally, I refuse to listen to those kinds of stories. I prefer our old school brush with greatness stories when someone met a celebrity that treated them mean. Oh, God. I, have... I want you guys to think about it. Howard's put together a sounder for us based on the old school. Brush with greatness. It's a brush with greatness. 
you meet a celebrity and the celebrity does not treat you well. Fez Watley, out of all your stories, which one are you going to go for? Oh, um, I want to go with the last one because it still burns so deep in my heart. What's that? Warren Sapp, who I grew up loving on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm-hmm. uh, was in the building. I wanted to get a football sign. Not even for myself, for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, I went in there. I also had a copy of his book that he was here promoting. Uh, he was in the green room. He was waiting for his interview uh, sessions to start. I went in there. He's on it. He's texting. And I said, excuse me, Warren. Now, we had had Warren on the show before. You're burying the lead. Not only was Warren Sapp on the show, you were blindfolded as a birthday present to you. Mm-hmm. He came in and played What's My Line, and when you had to guess who he was, when you took off the blindfold and guessed that it was Warren Sapp, you started crying. I was so happy to see Warren Sapp in our studio. You sobbed. He hugged me. I got a big Warren Sapp hug from him as he's there for Dancing with the Stars. So I go in to get a book and a football signed in the green room, and I said, Warren, it's Fez for the Ron and Fez show. We had you on when you were uh, promoting Dancing with the Stars. I was blindfolded. I gave him a quick recap of when I had seen him last. Mm -hmm. He won't look up from his texting. (laughs) Not only that, not only will he not look at me or say anything to me, I see his big, giant foot in one of those sneakers that he ended up having to sell off, tapping his publicity person's foot, going back and forth, to get rid of Fez, to give the signal to bounce me out of the green room. And then I get told, uh, Warren's not able to do anything right now, maybe later. Well, maybe there was something important that he was texting back and forth. Maybe he was talking with his lawyer. There was nothing that says he couldn't look up and say hello to someone he had hugged before. He was busy. He was on his phone. He was an ass. And I have not cheered for him. I have not... uh, Well, there's nothing to cheer for. His playing days are over. I wasn't thrilled when he made it in the hall. He got you a Super Bowl. That's all you've ever wanted your entire life. That's when I liked him. Last year, I did not like him, right Eight, before he went in the hall. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Can you beat Fez Watley's... You even have a better story, Fez. Because I went over in my mind if I have one of these stories and I don't. Because normally I don't walk up to celebrities and try to bother them. But your Jake Gyllenhaal story made me laugh. Oh, that was, I was, it was a Sunday morning, people. <laughs> Beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, the fall weather had started. I'm, I live in the West Village and I'm, I'm going to run some errands. And as I'm walking through the re- West Village, I look through the window of this little cafe, and there's Jake Gyllenhaal. He's sitting there. He's got his arm around a girl. His booth is right next to a big picture window on the sidewalk. So I kind of lose my breath, and I'm going, there's Jake Gyllenhaal. Who'd you say that to? In my head. Mm. Jake Gyllenhaal looks up at me and just gives me the death stare. 
just glaring at me through the window. And I'm still staring back at him. I'm trying to manage a smile, maybe a wink. And he won't, he's not even blinking. He's just looking at me like I have just ruined his wonderful West Village, New York City brunch. But he was inside and you were outside, right? Yeah. And you just started peeking in the window at him? he That's a big window at this cafe, and he's got a table right next to it. Hmm. Don't sit on the sidewalk if you don't want to be looked at, movie star Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, here's uh, Joe. Joe, what is your... What's your brush with greatness, Joe? Oh, I was uh, I was 14 years old, living in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Dad uh, took me to what uh, dropped me off for a Cardinals game. After the game, I was walking around uh, downtown St. Louis, and there's a little blues club called Mississippi Night. Heard some really cool uh, guitar music coming out of there. Walked in, and it was uh, Eric Clapton on stage by himself, uh, doing a sound check for a uh, a club show. And that's it? That was it. He, he wasn't mean to you? No, he saw This me. isn't fucking brush with greatness. That's a nice thing. Brush with greatness is supposed to be the Fez Watley style, where something fucking horrible happens to you. Um, and it scars you for life. You never forget that celebrity just destroying your day. Let's uh, go over here to... A Bernardo on line three. Bernardo, go ahead. How you doing, buddy? Hello? Yeah, go ahead, pal. What's your brush with greatness? Oh, yeah, I was with Stuart Scott um, and Warren Sapp, actually, uh, speaking of Fez. But I was at the Super Bowl um, NFL experience in New Orleans in, like, 2002. And he was playing catch with Stuart Scott. And he drops the ball, and it rolled right to my feet. And I got it, and I picked it up. And he gets all pissed off. Hey, hey, hey. Throw me the ball back. You can't keep that. And I was like, dude, I wasn't going to keep your fucking ball. So I got it and I threw it right back at him as hard as I could. And he dropped it again. And Warren Sapp started calling him a fuckface. Here's uh, Danny in San Diego. Yo. Hey, I met uh, Jordan when I was uh, a little kid. Just right before uh, uh, the first uh, Olympics, our dream team. Met him at uh, Caesars, Lake Tahoe during one of those celebrity golf classics. Mm-hmm. I waited an hour watching him play uh, blackjack. He gets up, signs some ladies' autographs. We follow him through the uh, casino, wait for him out front, and supposedly the wrong limo was there. And uh, while we're standing there, me and one other kid, along with all these other adults, asked him for his autograph. And he said, sorry, bud, not today. Asked him again, and then this big old bodyguard came and got in between us. He said, sorry, kid, not today. While I was wearing a Jordan hat, a Jordan shoes on, and a Jordan shirt. <laughs> My dad, to this day, hates his fucking gut. They all had their paid muscle, ready to move you right out of the green room or whatever. Anthony, what's your brush with greatness? When I was a little kid, I was really, really little, probably like 1971, Groucho Marx was in a restaurant. My dad wanted to get his autograph. I didn't know who he was. He was really old. He sends me over. I asked for his autograph. He backhanded me. He hit me. 
I would have loved to have been there for that. <laughs> he back it. I mean, not hard or anything, and I just start crying. I'm like four or five years old. I'm tiny. And he's just like, get away from me, and backhanded me. That is fantastic. Jeff in California. Hey, guys. My brush with greatness was skiing in Lake Tahoe when I was about six years old, coming over a little bunny hill and running in and crashing into Lauren Green from Battlestar Galactica. And he gets up and says, right in front of my dad, he goes, why don't you learn how to ski, you stupid fuck? (laughs) (laughs) 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Matt in Florida. Matt, brush with greatness. Hey. Go ahead, pal. Hey, yeah, I went to an Andy Griffith show reunion uh, back in the early 90s, and Miss Crump hated my Led Zeppelin T-shirt, and when I shook her hand, she looked at me, gave me a nasty look, and wiped her hands off and told me to move on. I'm proud of her. Carl in Vermont, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, hey, um, I was working at a restaurant, and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson came in, and the guy was just a total jerk the whole night. He was wearing, like, a Yankees jersey in a fine dining establishment. Uh, he asked for better wine glasses, and he's mad about the corkage charge after bringing his own wine in. Just uh, generally a, a jerk all around. Sounds like you, my friend, are a racist. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It's a brush with greatness. Uh, Shelby, do you have any uh, of these type of stories? I uh, met Natasha Leone when she was in, and I was getting stuff like signed by her, and like she was signing it like right in front of me, like she could not have been standing more than like a foot, two feet in from me. Uh-huh. And I say like, "Oh, hey, I've been watching uh, Orange Is the New Black. I got a few episodes left. I can't wait to see how this ends." And she just said to the publicist, "Like." Uh, so that was a pretty good interview. Uh, we got any more? Like, just totally, like, I didn't say anything. Like, hello. You have to hello, remember something. Hello. You're a fucking intern at that point. Yeah. Uh, Jerry in North Carolina, what's your brush with greatness? Yeah, mine's with uh, Dennis Leary. I used to work for Auto Trader magazines, and uh, I was delivering, delivering down in uh, New Milford area. He lives in that area there. And I was in a convenience store, and the owner gives me a wink, and he shakes his head and look, says, look over there. And I look look up. It's Dennis Leary. He's got his baseball cap on, sunglasses on. He's got his uh, cell phone to his ear like he's talking to someone. And he walks over to the counter and I go, hey, Dennis, man, great show. Really love you. I love all your work. He goes, he goes yeah. <laughs> and that was it. And that- it seems like plenty. <laughs> uh, Jimmy in Kansas City, what's your brush with greatness? Well, Mr. Reggie Jackson, the top prick of all times. Uh, back when the, the year he retired, he was playing his last game in Kansas City, and a friend of mine's a sports editor at the paper, so I asked him if he would take me out on the field, and so I could get Reggie's autograph because I was always fascinated with Reggie, and everything I had was Reggie Jackson. Well, he was busy at the moment, which is fine. He comes out of the dugout before the pregame, and I'm standing right there with my friend with a hat for him to sign and a magic marker, and I said, "Mr. Jackson, may I have your autograph?" He looks over at me and spit sunflower seeds right in my face and walked on. (laughs) Mark in Connecticut, what's your brush with greatness? Years ago, at a concert, Phil Maurice, Billy Russell was playing. Elton John was the opening act. And I used to collect whatever memorabilia I could get from rock concerts. I went on stage at the end of the concert. I sat relatively close to the stage. And Bill Graham was there talking to Leon Russell after a lot of people had left. 
I asked him for the cup that Leon Hurtado was drinking from. He turned to me and said, I suppose you want me to wipe the sweat off the stage as well. And he was really nasty. You know, I was 17 years old at the time. He was just the nastiest fuck I ever met. Bill Graham has talked that way to the biggest rock stars in history. You're part of history now. Don in Philly. Hey, so we're at the Hamptons with some friends, and um, my kids are playing with some other guy's kids. The guy yells at his kids. I thought he was yelling at my kids. A little hungover. He says, leave the birds alone. So I get up, and I go, leave the birds alone. Fuck you. And then my wife grabs my arm and goes, that's Paul McCartney. So him, so him and his family just get up, give us a dirty look, and walk away. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Looking for your brush with greatness. Here's Mike. Mike. Ronnie B., I was about eight or nine. My uncle used to get pretty good seats and and a parking ticket uh, at Yankee Stadium. And I'm leaving. Uh, I'm leaving the game pretty late. And there's Steve Balboni by himself walking, making his way to his car. So and a nine-year-old me is running over to him. My dad... Uh, gave me the balls to run up and ask him for an autograph, so I did. And of course, he fucking denies me. Like a complete asshole. He should be so happy a nine-year-old kid wanted his autograph. That bum. Uh, here's Wade in Canada. Uh, Ronnie. Yeah. I was uh, in. I live a couple hours north of Toronto in a cottage country, and Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn were cottaging up here. And I met. I seen him in a parking lot at a uh, antiques sale. I come walking over with a piece of paper and a pen, and I said, Mr. Kurt Douglas. And he looked at me, and he went fucking close, and walked away. Ha! <laughs> I would have been, you're 40, 45 years away. At least 45 years between those two guys. Here's Ira and Wildwood. Yo, Ronnie, I was, uh, I was playing craps with Patrick Ewing in, in uh, Atlantic City about seven years back, and uh, I won him a bunch of money. I was hitting some numbers, so he was having a good time, signed a $100 bill and gave it to me. Later in the night, it's about 2 o'clock in the morning, he's crapped out, broke, and, you know, we're still having a good time. He starts to walk away, and his bodyguard guy, one of his guys in his crew, tries to snatch the 100 off the craft table and take it with him. I put it in my pocket and walked away. Great guy. Um, here is uh, Kind Bud in Georgia. Hey, buddy. Yeah. I was up in Chicago at a meeting and walked through the lobby of a hotel, and I see Rick Pitino sitting in one of those overstuffed chairs, leather chairs, reading the newspaper, and I walk up and say, hey, coach, good luck at the game tonight. And he just kind of gave me an eat shit look and shook his paper and looked back down and started reading it. Was... Here's Mark. Mark, you're on the run of Fed show. Hey, guys. Um, so my dad got these tickets in order for Yankee Stadium. We got, we got to go in the dugout. Got autographs with all the players. Danny Carball, Paul O'Neill, this is 93. I'm 10 years old. Every, after every autograph, I'm getting a uh, photo with everyone. Then uh, Wade Boggs is coming along. I say, Wade, can I please get your autograph? You know, I'm like half his size. And then sure enough, he says, you know what? No. And he just, he looks to our, like, our uh, guy that was walking us around and said, so you got to be fucking kidding me. You're doing this all the time? Walked away, did some more BP. <laughs> He's an asshole. Don't like weight bugs. <laughs> now he wants to set out to destroy. After just one thing, that's how people remember. That's all it takes. It changed me on Jake Gyllenhaal and Warren Sapp both. All right, some of these come up. Right, now, see if you would have a problem with this. Um, a person was uh, standing together for a picture. And found out that it was video, and the celebrity went crazy. 
when he found out it was video instead of a still picture. Would yeah, that bother you? Would it bother me if I was a celebrity? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, because I think, yeah, I've seen, like, little videos where they try to get over on people by, like, you know, they might even say something stupid. It, it was Fez Watley. Fez <laughs> Watley went crazy. Here's another one. Um, after uh, having a nice conversation with Bruce Valanche, an international radio personality, of cu- accused me of trying to seduce him. Hey, Dad, that did happen. Um, here's one. I was at the homeless shopping event where I saw Fez get out of the bus. I wanted his autograph, and he shoved me out of the way and then entered the mall. I still have that shirt. Yes, that's me. I shove a lot of people. Why do you act angry no matter what side of this you're on? <laughs> Whether it happened to you as the person that wanted the autograph. and the, uh, For me, I think that Jake Gyllenhaal is where you went too far. All I did was look through a restaurant window, a giant window. I don't like to be gawked at either when I'm eating. How I think Fez is gay is that he said he was on errands. When yeah. <laughs> it, you confuse gay with old. Okay. Um, here's Sean in Florida. Hey, I uh, one time I was in Chicago and David Letterman was visiting Chicago, doing like a live thing from there. And I was standing outside of this old Chicago theater, looking at a poster of the Late Show. And then some guy behind me goes, "Hey," uh, he goes, "That's a pretty cool poster." And then uh, I turn around. I go, "Yeah, I turn around." David Letterman was standing right there. And I went, oh, my God, it's fucking David Letterman. And I go, in total excitement, go, and I run and grab him, like, to hug him. And he fucking shoved me and knocked me right on my ass. And I jumped out, and I was like, dude, totally sorry, man. Totally sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I don't know what happened. He was like, it's okay, it's okay. But I still like David Letterman, though. Uh, here's Brandon in PA. Brandon, what's your brush with uh, greatness? Your phone blows. Uh, Josh in Boston, what's your brush with greatness? Uh, okay, it's like Tom Wolpat, Luke Duke from uh, sure from uh, Duke's Ave. You don't first well, of all, you don't need uh, to explain Tom Wolpat in this room. <laughs> We're with so you. I was, <laughs> I was like probably seven years old. And I spent like all my money on his album because he was doing an autograph signing, and I don't even really like country music. Waited two hours to get his autograph. I was the next in line. He got up and walked away. So he was only signed for two hours. I had a shitty album, like stuck with it. See, people do not forget. They don't forget. No one is saying, oh, what a great guy. He signed for two hours. They're saying, what a piece of shit. He didn't sign for two <laughs> hours and one minute. Who can believe that there was a time in his life when Tom Wopat could sign albums for two fucking hours straight? 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It's the brush with greatness. A time a celebrity let you down. Sometimes they get mad at you for talking to Bruce Valanche. Sometimes they get mad at you for videotaping. You never know when this celebrity is going to act like an asshole. Sometimes it's a legitimate reasons. Um, Dominic, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron, this is Dominic. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Mm. Uh, met Mary Lou Retton in 1984, right after the Olympics at a college fraternity party. 
was dancing with her for a while before I realized who she was. Went up to give her a hug and say I enjoyed watching her in the Olympics. I guess she thought I was going to molest her, so she uh, pushed me in the chest and ran away. Um, here is Thomas. You're on the Run and Fetish show. Yeah, I uh, was waiting outside at a Colts concert one time. Uh, all the Colts came out except for Ian Asbury. He came out two and a half hours later. We were in freezing cold rain. He said he'd be right back. Uh, as he climbed on the bus, he told the bus driver to get, us, get him the fuck out of here and just drove off. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Casey in New York. Hi. I met Pepper Hicks, and he was a bad friend. Um, Pepper, I think that you're a good friend to everyone, aren't you? Or do you consider yourself a good friend? I'm a good friend. Do you consider him a good friend, Fez Steele? Yeah, I consider him a good friend to me. See, I don't. I mean, I'm glad you two are close. I've just never liked him for it. I've never been a fan of that guy. (laughs) How about you? I just consider us like, you know... Acquaintances, at best, yeah, like ships passing in the night. I'll tell you this: here's the way to test him. Leave your wallet sitting out one day. Oh God, no! Mm. Put a, a string on it. Might have a yank bite it taken when that out fucker, of it. Yeah, just yank it. It's like trolling for fucking walleye with him. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Eight six six. Ron Zero Fez. It is the Ron and Fez show. Pepper, I want to bring your attention to this. Um, Mark says he has sent us a box of fruit from his grove in Florida, and it should be here tomorrow. Hope we like it. It's exciting. Uh, Mark also uh, said that um, he was riding a bike in New York and hit Bob. Simmon from 60 Minutes, it was all his fault, and Bob told him so. Um, let's go over here to Reg in Ohio. Hey, Reg. Hey, what's going on today? Um, my uh, brush was with uh, fame was uh, hung over in Milwaukee at the Summerfest. My buddies and I uh, in an elevator, waiting for the elevator to come up, and it, uh, we're not looking too good. And Walt was up is uh, John and Whistle from The Who. So we get in the elevator with this guy. I'm like, holy shit, it's a dude from The Who. So it's 9 a.m., so I turn to him and I say, hey, Mr. and Whistle, uh, do you mind having a beer with us right now? And he looked at me like I was a fucking moron, and that was it. Um, finally, you're on the Run and Fed show. Hey, I was on the uh, couch of Zilches with Opie and Anthony. Sam was awesome to me, let me hang out for the shit show afterwards. And when I was leaving the studio, being escorted out, I walked past Fez. I said, I recognize him. Said, oh my God, look, Fez. And he went, Not today, thank you. As he oh, Fezzy. Fez. Dusty in Arizona. Hey, um, I was uh, about 11 years old. Star Wars was my first and favorite movie I ever saw. My uncle was a contractor in Jackson, Wyoming, doing a renovation for Harrison Ford, and he brought me along to get an autograph. And I went up to Harrison Ford and asked him for an autograph. He said, I'll tell you what, kid. If your uncle can stop overcharging me for labor, I'll give you an autograph. And that was the end of it. Here's uh, John in California. Yeah. Uh, in 74, uh, Steve McQueen and Clint Eastwood were standing on a hotel balcony. And we were kids. And we started shouting at them because, like, hey, look at them. And they're, like, getting all pissed off at us and shouting at us and get the hell out of here and all that kind of stuff. 
Uh, here is uh, Jake. Jake, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Ronnie. Uh, yeah. Drunk drive home from Atlantic City to Philadelphia about 3 a.m. Stop at one of the rest stops. My brother, my friend, and I are in there using the facilities. Dr. J comes in. I pointed out to my brother. He gets so excited that he turns, grabs Dr. J, and goes, Oh, my God, you're Dr. J. The whole time peeing down his leg. Oh, Jesus. He would sign a basketball. And Dr. J said, Man, you, you just peed down my leg. And he's like, Are you really not going to sign it for me? I'm your biggest fan. And he just turned around and left. And my brother has hated Dr. J from that moment on because he doesn't remember peeing on him. He just remembers he wouldn't sign a basketball. And I hope he's listening. Uh, here's Holly, our friend in Seattle. How are you doing, Holly? Hey, I'm doing good today. Yeah. Um, my most memorable brush greatness, I guess you would say. My friend worked at a skating rink. She taught figure skating, and it was Mary Lemieux's brother that owned the rink, so we used to hang out with the Penguins. And uh, one night, we were at the bar with all the Penguins hanging out, and Yarmer Yager was hitting on my girlfriend, and Marty Stratka was there. And we were leaving, and as we were leaving, they followed us out, and we were pulling out of the parking spot, and Yammer Yager comes flying out of nowhere and does a spread eagle on the hood of the car. And Marty Straka comes and tries opening my door and pull it and trying to pull me out the side of the window of the car. I can't blame him. If I'm being totally <laughs> honest here, I mean, you did at one point seem like you wanted it and then said no. It was scary though because we didn't see them following us and they just came out of nowhere and we thought we were you know they were some creepy people and we looked at them and we're like oh my god it's Yarmir Yager. But so. here's the thing, Holly, and you have to remember this: in Canada, they don't have a word for rape, so <laughs> the, every country is kind of different, and they're more on like caveman sex days. Yeah, you have a point there. Okay, sweetie, nice to Are talk you? to you. Mm -hmm. Our right. good friend Holly. In Seattle, she does a big podcast with Rorschach that all the kids love. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, here's uh, Ralph in Maryland. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Ronnie, I'm staying in a hotel in Boston, right? And I'm waiting to get on the elevator. So the elevator opens up, and it's Robert Palmer and his entourage. I go to step onto the elevator, and they close the elevator door in my face. You should have just started singing. You might as well face it. You're a dick in a box. Might as well face it. You're a dick in a box. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Um, here's uh, Doug. Doug, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey Ron, some of these are absolutely fantastic. I met Crispin Glover here in Minneapolis about twenty years ago. He was touring with a book he wrote, I think it was called Oakmont, which I believe he just kind of crossed out words and made a different story. It was mm -hmm. the weirdest fucking thing I ever heard or saw. Well, if you paid 20 bucks extra, you could meet him after and he'd sign your book. Anyways, I have him sign my book. Hey, I'll bring my cat if you bring the watermelons. And then I asked him how he was like in Minneapolis, and without even looking up or even acknowledging me, he points over my shoulder. He says, your museums in this city are shit, and he waves his finger like, next. Is a fucking asshole. <laughs> How furious people stay for life. Um, here's uh, Mark. Mark, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, yeah, at the NASCAR race, I had uh, garage passes. So before the race, 
almost every driver you go up to, they're signing. I had the, the program. Ryan Newman comes walking out. I go up, hey, Ryan, can I get an autograph? Wouldn't even look at me. Other people wouldn't even look at, and his publicist just said, get away from him. Like, what a dick. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Talking about the brush with greatness. Brush with greatness. Hey, Candyman. How you doing, pal? Hey, hey guys. I was uh, at a tennis tournament with Candy Girl, and Venus Williams came out of the players' lounge. My daughter loved her. She got her, tried to get her to come on. She turned them like she was coming over, and then she did the fake by us. And my daughter turned to me and said, I can't stand her. I hate her. She sucks. <laughs> and just to watch the little girl's heartbroken, I guess, was priceless. So now she's every time. She had a great day. That's all she remembers is Venus Williams snubbing her. Uh, here's Joe in Chicago. Hey, buddies. Yeah, I was, uh, took my uh, lady to a uh, Trailer Park Boys show here in Chicago. Uh, waited after the show. I don't ask for autographs. These guys are cool as fuck, so I mm. stuck around. Uh, Rob Wells, who plays uh, <clears throat> Ricky and the fellow who plays Julian, cool as hell. I asked the Bubbles guy for his autograph. My bird was with me. Called me a faggot right in front of her. Definitely uh, suffering from a Napoleon uh, complex. Very classy of him. Mm. Um... Here's Ted in Maryland. What's your brush with uh, break, uh, with greatness? Hey, Ron. I actually told this when you were back on JFK, but Andy Dick slapped me in the face once. With his cock? <laughs> we were uh, at, at this party out in L.A. with my high school acapella group. We were singing, and... Here's uh... Ted in Maryland. What's your brush with... Oh, you just you panicked and hung up. Uh, Don in Montana. Go ahead, Don. Um, hi. Hi, I'm Dawn. Um, my brush with greatness is I got in front of Jeff Dunham, the bad ventriloquist, and he told me to get the fuck out of his way or he has me arrested. Now, why, <laughs> why were you standing in front of him? Um, because I'm a really big fan and I was trying you to... You just said he's a bad ventriloquist and now you're a really big fan. Which is it? Um... Well, well, the reason I went to the show is to just boo him. You're talking crazy now. So then you went up and started hassling him, and you had to say, get the fuck out of my way? She panicked. She was actually trying to try the puppet on and just <laughs> open up his case. He was, he, this was entirely justified. I think she wanted to climb on his fist like he was. <laughs> she was his puppet. Uh, Scott in Tennessee. Hey, you remember the 80s hair band rat? Remember? Of course I do. <laughs> round and round. I met the the uh, blonde-haired guitar player. I, I saw him going to the bathroom at a hotel, so I went in there just to, I don't know why I did. I just went there to say hello. He told me to fuck off, and uh, or he kicked my ass, and then he ended up dying of AIDS. So, karma. It isn't karma. Um, someone telling you to fuck off, and then later catching... AIDS is not karma. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Joey, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yo, what's up, buddies? I, yeah. uh, 1998, business convention, San Francisco. I'm in a tuxedo. It's a big to-do. And uh, I go upstairs to the room, get back to come on the elevator. Bob Weir and Mickey Hart are in the elevator. And my wife's with me. I, I backpacked the country with the dead for like three or four years. So it's a big freaking deal. So I'm telling him how awesome it is. Sorry, Jerry passed. Bob, 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 Bob says, why don't you come to the show? I said, well, well look at me. I'm in a tux. He's like, so what? It's New Year's. It'll be perfect. 
goes, I'll put you on the list. You just got to come down to the war field. Takes down my name. He's with Mickey Hart. He's holding his daughter. He's like two years old. His wife uh, and him take my name down. I'm on the list. My wife and I obviously bail from the business convention to go to the show, get there. I'm not on the list. Now try to explain to the people that Bob Weir just saw me in the elevator, and I'm supposed to be able to get in here. So basically blew my whole night. Um, I, uh, I don't know where, where even to go with that, because if I had a tuxedo on, I would not approach guys from the dead. Here's our buddy, Chef Darren. How you doing, Chef? Hey, guys. How are you doing? I got a story about Billy Joel. Great. I was, waiting, I was waiting on him in a country club out on the north shore of Long Island. We closed the entire deck for him. I took care of him personally. At the end of his meal, after ordering thousands of dollars in wine, eating lobster, you name it, I drop the check, I pick it up before I take it away. He grabs my hand and says, the other 10% was the honor of waiting on me. He left me a 5% tip. I turned to him and said, and that is why I download all your music illegally. Wow. But you got to remember, he hasn't you know, made an album in 1997-98. Uh, maybe things have been rough, you know? Maybe. Uh, all right, thanks, pal. You're listening to the best of Ron and Fez. <laughs>